Betamax Rewind, or now known as Talking Chew with Matt and Doug. The only podcast that can break multiple FCC violations and be on the air the following week. Here are two guys who are nearly as bald as a newcomer, Matt and Doug. I was bald. <laughs> but now I'm not. <laughs> How you doing, Doug? I'm good. I'm good. Are we ready to jump right in? Oh yeah, I guess just really not. Let's let's grip it and rip it, baby. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. So when I'm working, um, anything below 88 degrees, I'm driving pretty much with my front windows down. Okay, and. You know, I've got to have the radio turned up rather loud. Although, if if I'm going in and out of air conditioning, it's just it, it's just better to be hot all day. Your your body just acclimates better. Okay. I mean, I still have the air conditioning cranked in my car, but all my windows are down. All right, so care about that. and fuck I was the driving just fuck the environment. <laughs> I fuck the and I was driving through the village of Heartland, and there was a big rum. There's like it was like a a bunch of rummages going on. And there's a lot of people on the sidewalks. And I had this cranked that she's going to put her lips on my dick. And I'm so excited that I'm just going to come right away. <laughs> and I got lots of head turns like, oh, shit, turn it down. Yeah, that is uh, I the phone I used to have back when I had an iPhone. It had this really weird thing where if if you got a phone call. And you were listening to a podcast that was paused. If you oh. after you didn't answer the phone call, it would start playing the podcast, even if it wasn't playing before. And I w- sometimes would leave my phone at my desk, and that was not a great thing to have happen. <laughs> okay, got got a talking to about that. Yo, all right. So uh, my TV, we talked a little bit about my TV last yes. week. Uh, it's uh, channel forty nine point five in Milwaukee. All right. Uh, I was going to go through the list of series they have on there, but there are over a hundred. Um, okay. <laughs> so just, uh, some real quick ones. Mash, Petticoat Junction, Three Stooges, A Team, Dragnet. Sledgehammer? Is Sledgehammer on there? It is not. Batman, oh. Buck Rogers, uh, Star Trek Lost in Space, Maverick, Rawhide, Twilight Zone, and Bugs Bunny. But All right. Kind of along those same lines, talking about uh, MASH, I said something about uh, MASH. Where do you think MASH sits in our clip-pulling history? Mm. Number three. It was actually number five. All right. So first, with a bullet, is is Family Guy. Of course. And then Seinfeld is two. Uh Uh-huh. Friends is three. And then there's a pretty big drop. And then from one clip alone, that 70s show is fourth. <laughs> All right. And then MASH is is fifth. Okay. All right. So the cans that are in the submarine that you said were sea rations? Yes. Are, are number 10 cans, which I think I said two weeks in a row. Um, sea rations contain 12 ounces of meat, just the way you like it. Giddy, giddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we, have, we have an educational podcast. Uh, there's lots of things that people learn if they listen to the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, Jen and I had a in-depth conversation about cucks and what I thought a cuck was. And then there was uh, the multiple types of jerks that have come up over the last couple of weeks, including the sad jerk, the car jerk, the soft jerk, 
The humiliation jerk. The sick jerk. <laughs> so just just to be clear, a cuck is a guy that is into watching some other dude bang his wife, right? That is one of the definitions. It's basically it's an emasculated man that usually has to do with his wife fucking another guy. Okay. Right. Sometimes it is watching. Sometimes it's just knowing about it. But it's basically, like me, someone that has no hand. Ah, all right. Um, and chasing the, the chick that was in Chasing Amy, who I thought resembled a chick that was in American Pie, Joey Lauren Adams, who yes. I think has pretty much been naked in most of the shit that she's done. She hasn't done a lot, though. No, she hasn't. Uh, I talked about the Prison Pussy, mm-hmm. which uh, Jen said that is not a thing. All right. But from www.pocketpussy.us, the instructions to make a pocket pussy, or excuse me, a prison pussy are place one sock inside the next sock. Now stuff the glove in the sock with the cuff hanging out. Cuff the glove over the sock. Rubber wrap, rubber, wrap a rubber band over the glove to secure the glove. And that last step is optional. Oh, okay. There's a video, but I didn't, I, I thought the video was probably copywritten and I didn't want to get a flag for using a uh, copyrighted video from prison post or a pocket pocketpussy.us all right um you had mentioned a foreign exchange student that played basketball on the class of 89 yes team she was not 89 she was 88 okay 88 okay and her name was hannah vida okay i have to look that up later uh cornell cornell Mm -hmm. is in ithaca new york oh (laughs) what did i say it was iowa not ithaca new york (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. Um what's the school that's what's the what's the school that's in Iowa? Is it Lawrence or Iowa? No, it's it's like a Iowa State. It's not knock it off. It's not one of those. Western Hawaii. <laughs> I cannot speak. I'm having a stroke. Are you having problems with words? There's a, a school I, I think my father in law went there. And I thought it was Cornell, but I guess it's not. Huh. Okay. During a break, I'm going to have to go ask. So last week, uh, you did not get the sound of the week, and I did send you the updated list. Of, yes. Mm-hmm. We have used an amazing number of duplicates, not duplicates as far as like duplicate sounds, but using the same movie. Yes. And once we actually had a movie, and then we had its sequel the next week. The sound from the sequel. Yes. No, right. Well, we had the sound from one movie, from actually part three, and then the next week we had the sound from part two. Oh, all right. Okay. That was when you you screwed up and you actually used a 90s movie. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, the, what movie was that? Back to the Future oh, Back 3. Back to the Future. Yes, Back to the Future 3. But Jen was so excited because she actually knew the sound of the week last week, and she could not believe that you didn't know it. Which, what was it from? Terminator? Terminator, yes. All right. I don't know how the okay. fuck she got that. And she also did not believe that you'd never heard the song The Dance before. So, just... No. I'm Now I'm going to have to play it. I, I, my my Garth Brooks repertoire is, is very limited. Okay. Uh, Lexington Steel? Yes. He's, he's got, he's got a, an 11-inch pecker. <laughs> That's it? That was supposed That's to be it. big. Dude, there's some guys on the internet this is what i've heard because i haven't watched any porn on the internet before that are way bigger than him yeah i mean like i feel bad for the girls that that thing is going into well how how big was john holmes (sighs) 
not as big as Lexington Steel because Lexington Steel was was like a baby's arm holding an apple. Yeah, I, I mean that. I that think thing, he did was, a video was, with uh, Amy Fisher. I think mm, he's done a lot of videos, from what I've heard. But Amy Fisher was not a porn star. She was the no. one, one who shot um, Joey Buttafuoco's wife in the face. Wife in the face, yes. Bob and Brian did a great bit about that. Yes, they did. Uh, you know, you and I, when we were in high school, we did not cross dating paths often. Um, mostly because I had the same girlfriend most of the time I was dating, and you guys did not get along. And I wouldn't say we didn't get along. I just, I don't know why I didn't like her. Just because maybe I was just jealous. Uh, no. Or maybe, or maybe maybe I knew that she wasn't good enough for you, Matt. No, I think it was more there was judgment on both sides. It was kind of like, you know, what's wrong with him? He's a partier. And what's wrong with her? She's a priss. Well, all right. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, I could think of two times when our paths actually cross. Mm-hmm. So one time we, we double dated. Um, yeah. Except it wasn't a date for you. Mm-hmm. But ironically, even though it wasn't a date for you, you did end up having sex with the girl. Not that night, but yes. later. No, not that night. Years later. Yeah, that was you and T-Dog. But do you uh-huh. remember the other time our paths crossed? Um, is that Marcus Sears at Westtown? No. You were dating a girl who is now married to a guy from the class of 92. Okay. Was it a pretty woman? Uh, no, no, it was not. Was it a Steven Seagal movie? No, we didn't go to the same film. We ran into each other at West Ham. Okay. I'm just trying to think of the movies that I saw with her, and I think I saw Pretty Woman with her, and I think I saw a Steven Seagal movie with her. But I just remember I actually felt sorry for you when we parted ways because we only Why? talked for like five minutes because she was so happy that she ran into my girlfriend because my girlfriend and her were friends. Oh, and, and and she had to get something. She had to procure something oh, for my girlfriend. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> now now you remember I remember it? that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. That I did not get any stink finger that night. <laughs> or if you did, you, you know, copper pennies. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you done? Uh, no. Uh, Hole the band Hole. Yes, they only had one song that they they played on the radio. I listened to all of them. No, like, that's not true. I actually looked it up. Okay, Celebrity Skin is the only song that I recognized by them. Okay, so that actually got up to number one on the alt-rock charts. They did a cover version of Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac, and that got to number 31 on the actual regular Billboard (laughs) charts. I don't don't recall them doing that. I'm trying to think who did Gold Dust Woman. Fleetwood Mac. I know that. I have a tribute album to... Fleetwood Mac? Yeah, it's... um, what was the the big album that they had that had Gold Dust Rumors? Woman? Rumors? Yes. And it's all these different bands that do songs on that album. And it's great until you get to like track number four or track number five and it's Elton John singing Don't Think About Tomorrow or whatever the fuck that song is. It totally kills the vibe of the entire album. So I can think of like tribute albums. I can only think of two that I have. I have Common Thread, which is uh, Songs of the Eagles. All right. Done by country bands, so you would not have that. No. And then I have, I think it's called Kiss My Ass, which is uh, bands doing cover songs of Kiss. Okay. But, yeah, whatever. Uh, both Hustler and Penthouse had, mm-hmm. had pissing in them. Oh, all right. Okay. How did the, the porn version of Family Guy come up last week? Um, I don't know, but it will come up again this week. Yeah. 
I, 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 oh, so. Oh, Mr. Quagmire, what are you doing here? You in about three minutes. All right. You could what? stop. That's the best oh, part. Meg. You know, the funny thing is, huh? another clip from that scene comes up a little bit later. Oh, it does? Is that when he's talking about the, the no. all the different types of horrors that he's had? No, no. Okay. You'll understand it when it comes up. All right. But we killed a segment last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We killed the uh, welcome back segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it's being replaced with a different segment. I don't know if this segment will actually come up every week or not, but it is this. It is time for Doug's Waffle of the Week. You will be shocked how quick he can change his mind on the dime. Could ate some goddamn waffles. Tell me when. Did you ever yeah. forget to tell a girl? Uh, I've never been asked that before. Oh, you know? Uh, one girl. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's, she's, I remember... I, there was one girl where I said, I'll let you know. And she's like, oh, thank you. But that keeps going. Time, it well, kind of like, yes, I'm just going to come. I think so. <laughs> At that time, the choice is yours. to <laughs> what you want to do. I couldn't stop. All it. right. But we'll see how often that actually comes up because there's a non-zero chance that that will happen pretty consistently. All right. All right. That's all I got. Okay. The tongue tornado was supposed to be the satin, not Satan, buzzsaw. Uh, listening to the podcast, you know, picked little things out, but we were at the dinner table and we were talking about different things. And I told the story about your senior prom in front of the oldest and how, even though you went as a friend with somebody, you still, you know, got some, Mm -hmm. Uh, apparently that was wrong of me to do. (laughs) To to tell, to tell your son that? Yeah. Why? Why was that wrong to do? I do not know. I just was told that it was. (laughs) Okay. Uh, did, you, did she just say Matthew and give you a stern look? What? He's your son. You should not be telling him that. It's like, why? <laughs> it's not a bad. It's not a bad yeah. story. I'm putting hope in. I'm ho- putting hope in his heart. That we're we're an aspirational podcast. We try to give yes, we people are. hope. Um, last week, at one point, you tried to do the Hamburglar, <laughs> and it was too muddled, so I couldn't actually pull it. There was too much other stuff that was kind of going on. Um, I don't know if you can tell. I thought tell. you did. You you did the hamburger. I did the hamburger, but after I played that clip, then you did. It. Oh, all right. Uh, I was absolutely hammered <laughs> at the end of the podcast last week. Were you? I was so hungover the next day. I I felt like garbage all day. Huh. I did not know that. And then uh, I did not actually see this week's movie, so th- could have gotten to this later with my valedictorian when I found out when the movie actually came out. The times just did not add up because by that point, you know, I had been, I'd become, you know, modern Matt, which was not the kind of person that my uh, high school class valedictorian would have wanted to talk to. Uh, I said that all my movies were set. That is no longer true. You will get a choice for the non-80s movie. And the very last thing is I meant to close the podcast with something and I totally forgot, probably because I was hammered, but it was supposed to be, well, is Next season going to be any good? And the answer is... All sides point to yes! From Seinfeld. (laughs) All right. I did get pushed back for not killing the segment, by the way. You did, huh? Yes, sir. Was 
Surprisingly, for almost a four-hour podcast, not nearly as many as we've had weeks previously. The first one is me. All right. right. Oh, I see. All right. That's from the Family Guy porno. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is you. You guys been able to locate your dicks? <laughs> How about you guys actually locate your dicks, remove the shrink wrap, and fucking use them? Not great. <laughs> next one is also no. you. No. It's number five and number six for the Stiffmeister. That's number five and six for the Stiffmeister. It's okay. Uh, the next one is is yeah. kind of uh, it's choppy, but it's both of us, and it there's multiple parts. Actually, the next couple ones all have multiple parts. Hi, we're here for the party. We're here for the party. There's no party here. What party? There's no party. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Weird. 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 <laughs> Weird. Weird. Try the house down the street. Try the house down the street. I don't know. That's kind of a wash, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the next one is you. God, your fart stinks. Man, my fart's fucking stinks. Dude, you gotta take a shit. You smell like a Yeti. Suck me, beautiful. Suck me, beautiful. <laughs> it, it's, it's the... The way that it's said, it's where the emphasis is mm-hmm. just isn't quite there. No, it's not. No. Okay. The next one is also a a, a potpourri clip. I highly recommend you join the club. I highly recommend you join the club. How did you do it? I mean, how the hell did you do that? It was just my time, fellas. It's just my time. It was just my time. It was just my time. I'm going to give myself that particular clip. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay. The next one is me. Oz. Fuck face. Oz. Fuck face. I think I, I captured the sadness in yes, Stephen's voice. You did. Uh, the next one is also me. Fake, like, fake, 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 fake. Fake, 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 fake. Uh, the next one is also me. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, Oz, you fucking rule. Fuck yeah, bro. Uh, no. The next one is both of us. Yeah, that was not very good. Uh, the next one is both of us. And I, I chopped out part of it, but I, I, I left in the end because it shows that, number one, we don't take ourselves seriously and we're not above throwing ourselves completely under the bus. She tastes like cigarettes. <laughs> she tastes like cigarettes. Tasted like cigarettes. <laughs> she tastes like cigarettes. Lieutenant Dan got magic lit. I can't do it. I can't fucking <laughs> can't do it. Do it. Magic legs. Yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, I, I gotta just stop. Uh, and the last one is both of us. I, 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 I want the knife. I said, I, 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 I want the knife. Give me the knife, please. <laughs> I want the knife. Please. The reason I got that wrong is it's it's a Mandela effect thing. Sure. Because I heard I've heard it the other way so many times that in my head that's what it is. Mhm. Because I remember when people came back from were in school after seeing that movie that was one of the things they kept on saying and they were saying it that way and that's how it stuck in my head. So I blame all the people that I went to high school or probably actually middle school with. But- it was middle school cuz I I skipped out of CCD 
to go see that movie <laughs> with two other guys. My brother and his buddy were supposed to take us to CCD, me and two, and two of my classmates, and we convinced him to take us to a movie. So, so, so you talked about – well, first of all – And there has been Doug. Really? Yeah. You just got beat by Doug. My uh, – huh. she tastes like cigarettes <laughs> by itself. <laughs> There, there's there's de- there's deductions. It's not all like positive things. You can actually lose points off the. Oh, okay. Form. I'm going to start having to keep track on like a a, ta- a tally sheet and a post-it note. But you had talked about um, how I think it was the night of your confirmation. I think it was your confirmation mm-hmm. was the first time you got a blowjob. No, it was the first time I fingered a girl. Okay, okay. So anyway, you know, something probably not necessarily n- normally equated with the whole confirmation process. No, I was I was I was born into it. At a, at a, I was go, I was go, I had gone from a child of God to a man of God. So I, hound dog, going to get that pussy. It's just your time. Yeah, just your time. But I, I was actually thinking about that when you were talking about it, and my brother was my confirmation sponsor. All right. And uh, do you know what your confirmation name is? <sighs> no. Probably just Doug, I would guess. Or, or James, because that's a biblical name, That's and that's my middle name. Okay. Yeah, mine is Max. Okay. And, you know, Matthew is a biblical name, so I could have went with Matthew, uh-huh. but I, I picked Max, and you want to know why I picked Max? Why? Because it was the name of the butler on Heart to Heart. <laughs> because that's a valid reason. <laughs> you're such a douchebag. <laughs> you are... You're such a cuck. <laughs> but... That, has that moved into your uh, your day to day vocabulary? It's, it's in my lexicon, baby. Pull it out anytime I want to. But I remember we were driving to my confirmation class, and my, my brother and I went separate from my parents. And I was listening to, I think, Injustice for All. Mm-hmm. And he was just offended. That was so inappropriate to be listening to when I was going to get confirmed. I was like, really? <laughs> really? I do recall that we. Was it the power went out or the bomb threat? Did you go to that party at Finzel's? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so many people that got confirmed that night got fucking hammered. It was at a different church. But I heard stories of like people like passed out in the pews as they were getting confirmed. Well, Ear Penis's sister got confirmed with me. Yeah. And she was dating a guy from my class. No, from my class. Uh, at at the time that she she got confirmed, she was dating a guy from my class. Okay, but he showed up and she left with him. And uh, Bob, not Bob Jansen, the other Bob from my neighborhood, his his goal was he wanted to arrive high, and he wanted to be high the entire time he was there, which was like oh. three days. Okay, and I was his roommate, uh-huh. so, so because of that, I had to be high that whole time. <laughs> and then he set a secondary goal of. It wasn't enough that he was high the whole time. He had to get everybody in the confirmation class high at one period of time. <laughs> All right. See, I never had a confirmation retreat like that. Well, they actually, the one that we had for the church I went to, St. Bruno's, it was the last time that they actually allowed people to sleep in individual rooms. It became communal rooms after that. I wonder why. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I wonder why. It smells like weed in here. What? what is there a skunk loose in here? But let, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. Hey, man, what's new now? What's fucking new now? <clears throat> not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. I am in the throes of my last 
six weeks of busting my ass and it is busting my ass, but, um, the boys always have a four day weekend in October and we decided that, um, we were going to stretch that into a six day weekend and go to Orlando and go to Universal and Cape Canaveral and stay with my missus's aunt who lives right outside of Orlando. When's the last time you actually did the booking of a flight? Or does your missus take care of that? Oh, well, I, I usually book my flights when I fly up for our canoeing trip. Okay. But th- this was fucking crazy. We're flying Frontier. And we go on the website and it's like, tickets, $218. Fuck not yeah. bad. Not bad. Until, <laughs> until you start a la carting it, which it's all fucking a la carte. Oh, bags you, and stuff like that. To pick your fucking seat, it was $37. And it was, hey, if you don't pick the seat and pay this money, there's a good chance that you'll all be separated. And my missus was panicking. What happens? You know, because legally, our 10-year-old can be sitting with somebody like the egg <laughs> in the back of the plane, <laughs> watching a porn movie on their iPad or something. So, yeah, we had, you know, it's 37 bucks each way. And then, yeah, the... The bag fee, which it's no longer 50 bucks, 50 pounds, it's now 40 pounds, that added it on. And we're like, we're getting fucking hosed, hosed here until we saw the, hey, pay $60 and kids fly free. Hmm. So at, at the end of the day, it's for everything. Um, our, our total cost is $1,200. That's not bad. It's not bad no, at all. No, for three, 300 bucks round trip with picking your seats and the baggage, we were panicking. We were, I was like, we can't fucking, this, this is going to be like $3,000. It, it's, it's just, the, the airlines make it so fucking stressful. It's yeah. almost like they don't want people to fly. Yeah. Uh, before you go on, can I actually, since this ties in it, can I tell an airplane story? Sure. So this would have normally gone into Matt's question or Matt's got a question for Doug section, but it's something I, I read online and I, I have, I, I realize that my opinion is not necessarily the right one on a lot of things. And the way I look at things is not necessarily the popular consensus of the way things should be. But there was somebody who was flying and they were flying with an elderly person like a wheelchair bound person that they had to wheel through security and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And you know, this is not dissimilar from when I went to Florida with my dad two years ago, almost two years ago. And, you know, we had a contingency plan because what if he dies down there? What are we going to do? You know, because flying with a dead person is not easy peasy and it would probably have been a somebody would have had to stay down to handle shit that would have been me and I would have ended up driving home but we had thought it through of different things to do but so th- this this family is traveling with this, this old person and they go through they get checked in they they check their luggage and they are in the TSA line and the person in the wheelchair dies in the line now legally they have not been declared dead Legally, they have gone through the check-in process. They are allowed to fly. They okay. decide, <clears throat> yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to fly with our dead whatever with us. This is something you witnessed or is this something This is something I read about online. Oh, okay. And 
But because even though they are dead, they're not legally dead, they have to be treated as a live passenger, mm-hmm. which means going through TSA. And they had to be, the dead body had to be searched. Oh, God. And the family, understandably so, was pretty pissed off. But I'm looking at it from the perspective of what kind of an asshole mm-hmm. flies with their dead relative in the cabin of the plane and basically puts 100, 150 other people in this experience of flying with a dead body. And you know that that, that when somebody dies, af- after a certain period of time, they shit their, their body evacu- evacuates everything. Mm-hmm. I would be fucking pissed. Yeah. So everybody online was all, I can't believe the TSA did this. I can't believe the TSA did this. And I, my whole thought was, I feel for the family, but I can't believe the family thought that this was a good idea to do. Yeah. I'm sorry, this sucks, but you got to bite the bullet and actually go through the process of taking them to a corner, all that kind of shit. And then you have to arrange the flight because dead bodies do fly in planes. But guess what? They don't fly in the passenger cabin. No, they fly in a box yeah. underneath. Yeah. All right. So now continue. <clears throat> okay. Um, today was the first day of school and it's always fun going on Facebook and, and seeing all the, you know, the first day of school pictures because everybody does it. My missus included. And it's just kind of funny. You're looking at these kids and you're like, wow, they really grow. Wow. They have braces. And then you start to realize yeah, there's a lot of these kids that I'm making these comments in my head that I've never fucking met before. Sure. <laughs> you know? Um, and then I bought a new car. So on to you. Oh, what kind of car did you buy? I got a Tahoe. <laughs> Okay, egg. Um, <laughs> well, our family is growing. Um, and my little forerunner, it's five years old. I've, since the day that I, that I drove it off the lot, I've never liked it. And it's cramped in the back for the kids. It sucks pulling our, our camper. You can feel every little bump twice. And you can feel that you're pulling something the entire time. Wait, so wait, I, wait, 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 back, back, back it up here. Back it up. Okay. Y- your family is growing. Well, in size. Okay. 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 I'm like, you're kind of burying the lead here. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, dude, if, if my family was growing, there would be some serious questions that I would have to ask my missus. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's a prominent dealership in the area that I service all the dealerships. I service the entire family, like four brothers and several grandchildren and the, 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 the main dad and I do a lot of pest control work for them. Oh, you're talking so about I pest control. Them. Okay. Yes. No, I, I'm not on my knees, you know, throwing, well, you were mentioning th- all the guys you service. So I yes, just, throwing just, some, this, throwing some, some man chowder. Swear um, <laughs> and I was at a dealership on Monday and <clears throat> I walk, I always kind of look at the price tags as I'm walking past the cars and I walk past this Tahoe and I kind of wipe the dew off the window. I'm like, holy shit, that's really fucking cheap. That's way less than I was expecting it to be. So I message a guy on Facebook that I know that works at that dealership that is a, a salesman and mention that I'm semi-interested and then also say, hey, what can I get for my 2017 Forerunner with 45,000 45, miles on it? He comes back and he's like, we'll give you 32 for the Forerunner. I'm like, 32? I paid 38 for it five years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, the the amount that you're getting for <clears throat> used cars is crazy. When we we sold, well, my mom sold my dad's van, mm-hmm. I, I could not believe how much money she got for it. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. Brought that bad boy home yesterday. Parked it right in the garage. Haven't driven it since because I'm working. I told my missus, I'm like, can I go pick up the kids from school? She's like, no, I'm going to get them. That's my job. Really? I want to drive my new car. <laughs> But it's a beauty, man. It's black with black rims and black interior. It's it's sexy. So barely fits in the garage, but what are you gonna do? You're gonna you gonna whine about your garage again? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna whine about my oh, my three car garage is too small. It is a three it is a small three car garage. So I, I think I mentioned how uh Jen since the oldest has gone back to school, Jen took her office back over and I got relegated to the loft upstairs, which is where I'm broadcasting from tonight. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't just uh, about taking the office back over. The office had to be completely redone. Her, her desk that she's had for since I met her. So 20, almost 25 years at this point. And that's wrong, but she'll get pissed. So it's like 22 years that she's that I, at least 22 years she's had that desk and she had to get rid of the desk. She wanted to get rid of all the furniture that's in the office. She was throwing basically everything out. And I did talk about this because that's when she threw out my notes. Mm-hmm. And then she had to <clears throat> paint the office. And I I don't paint. I That is like the one thing I will draw the line. I don't paint because I can't do it. I, I suck at, at house painting, at painting rooms. It looks shitty. There's, it doesn't matter if I use a roller or a brush or I spit it on the wall. It all, always looks shitty. So that is the one thing I will not do. But I had to help tape. And the reason I had to help tape is because Jen doesn't like standing on a ladder. And you might wonder, okay, is this office have vaulted ceilings, like cathedral ceilings that are like 15? No, this has eight-foot ceilings. She doesn't want to stand on that first step, that second step of the ladder, because that, that's mm-hmm. too high. Mm-hmm. But so she does all this stuff and it is, it's interesting how, you know, gender roles still exist when they're convenient. Well, that's a guy's job. But if I ever said, you know, that's woman's work, no, yeah, I, I would be the sexist asshole, but, uh, you know, doing this or doing that. And along with painting, the one thing I really, really do not like to, I do not like doing anything with electricity with, you know, actually like changing fixtures, outlets, things of that nature. Because I've grabbed a live wire too many times. Mm-hmm. But she wanted to have the, the the lights changed for some reason. So everything had to be completely different. And it was, you know, help me or don't help me, but don't kind of like just be in the room if you're not helping me. Because I almost accidentally, I had the the fixture up on the ladder with me on the little, I don't know, what do you call that thing that kind of flips down towards the top of the ladder? Like the tool tray or paint tray, yeah. I had the lamp on that, and I hit it, and it fell off and almost hit her in the noggin because she was in the room doing other shit. And it's like, either be here or don't be anywhere because I I don't want to, you know, hurt people. But um, along the same lines... uh, Talked about the son, went back to school. Um, long weekend. He's coming back home because apparently all of his roommates are coming home. And I don't know what he's going to do because <laughs> I took over his office space. His room is just full of shit now because we had to have a place to store everything. So I don't even know where he's going to like be for that period of time because when he left, it was kind of like he's leaving 
more or less for good. And we started going down that path. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's going to go. You have anything else? Nope. That's it, man. Yeah. I got one last thing. And I'm going to hit the wrong button. When you're no, feeling no. blue and there's nothing left to do, you can talk about poop, poop, poop. So our house is completely trashed because of the office being cleaned. And so we had carpet steam cleaned. So everything had to go somewhere. So we, we called off the, the cleaning lead that comes every other week. It's just like Doug's three car, car garage problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my cleaning lady couldn't come. But <laughs> so Jen was cleaning this and cleaning that. And she was cleaning the toilet in the master bathroom. And she said, can you come in here and take a look at this? I went in and looked at it. She said, what is that? Well, well, honey, that's shit. <laughs> Just kind of like caked on kind of the top end of the back of the bowl. And she said, can, okay. you, can you do something about that? I'm like, well, I already did something about it. I put it there. <laughs> but <laughs> So I, I got out like a scrubby and I was like scrubbing it. And I got some of it off. And then I, I'm thinking, okay, if it's there. And I kind of went down underneath and I looked up. And if you look at the bottom of the bowl, all the way around the entire bowl, it is just caked. With it, poop? Yeah. What, do you just like shotgun blast it out of your butt? Or or do you rifle it so hard that it bounces <laughs> off the water and gets up in that in that lip? It probably, there's probably some on the ceiling. <laughs> I told you this stuff comes out of me at high velocity. You're a disgusting human being. But I, I think we might have to change that toilet because I don't think oh, yeah. I, I think I'd have to sandblast it off. <laughs> okay. I don't think I can fix it. But that is the last thing I have. All right, all this talk of poo, I got to go drop a log. Oh, put it someplace I can find it. <laughs> I'm going to eat that guy's shit. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. This is a tough one, but based on your recent viewing habits that have to do with this podcast, slight possibility that you may have seen it recently. Okay. So I'm going to take a listen. trying to it's the last minute or or last couple seconds of that Mm -hmm. let me yeah let me see if i can just do oh oh, somebody walks in somebody else and they oh mm. i'm gonna be pissed because i i i'm I'm, i can kind of envision it It's not what you think. Okay. So I'll just listen to the reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, may I help you? Yes. I'm from Metalux, explosive research company. Oh. You have a Russell, okay. Russell Fielding working here? Yes. You ought to do plutonium nitrate, multi-explosive, sound-seeking projectiles. Here they go. Yeah, it's Beverly Hills Cop. Two. Two, right. When he's at the gun yes. club. Yes. But before he does that, he goes over and he's like, what year is this? 
to like a waiter and dips his hand into the champagne bucket and puts the water on his face. He's like, it's a 58. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's, it, do I have the, that's a big bitch. <laughs> it's a huge bitch. Is that, that is that from, well, I know it's from uh, uh, Deuce Bigelow, but I think he says that about um, Bridgette Nielsen as well. Mm, he says it's his, you know, six foot blonde and Axel. It's L.A. There's six foot blondes everywhere. Okay. So anything else before the movie proper? Um, no, I'll, I'll, it, it's, we got 45 seconds to kill, so. Okay. So did you see this in the theater? Yeah, I did see this in the theater. I don't know who I saw it with because I thought I saw it with uh, Valedictorian, but it wasn't. I don't remember seeing this in the theater. I'm pretty sure we rented it. But I remember wanting to see it in the theater. It's golden earring, right? It is. You got a liver spice on your big bald head. Salt water burns you, it makes you dead. There's a drug out there, it tastes just like soap. But your alien body it's just like dope. When you drink sour milk, it gets you real shit face. And you are living in the worst possible place. You don't have balls at all. You're in LA and it's an alienation. You can't breathe any air. Alienation. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and Bale Hotel, we're doing alienation. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you like that? That was good. That was a good job, Doug. Thanks, man. It's it's the last alienation that I throw in there that I think really makes it. Actually, no. It was it was at, honestly the the vocals up until you said alienation that really sold me on it. So okay. Anyway, uh, alienation released October seventh, nineteen eighty eight, with a budget of sixteen million dollars, grossing twenty five million dollars, had a Rotten Tomato critic score of fifty three percent and a Rotten Tomato audience score of. 44%. So the audience wow. did not agree with the critics. Uh, directed by Graham Baker, best known for Born to Ride with John Stamos, starring James Kahn, best known for The Godfather, Mandy Patinkin, best known for Homeland, Terrence Stamp, I can actually do this, best known for Superman 2. It spawned a short-lived TV series and five made-for-TV movies with the same actors from that TV series. So we already answered the question. You did not see that, or you 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 think you saw this? No, I know I saw it in the theater. I just I do not know who I saw it with. I thought I saw it with somebody, and the the dates just don't add up. All right, all right, all right. So you would have been sixteen. Yeah, yeah. She would. Yeah, your class valedictorian would not have been hanging out with sixteen year old Matt. (laughs) Yeah, sixteen year old Matt had a mullet and smoking heaters. Smelled like an ashtray. He he like the the drink that the. The newcomers like to imbibe had gone bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was looking up, when I was looking up the, um, I was trying to find the, the school aid that ratted out the parties in your class. 
And I saw so I was paging through the nineteen my nineteen ninety yearbook, which you would have been a senior. And I got to the uh, Business Olympics picture that sure. represented the winners, and everybody is in nice clothing <laughs> except for you with a t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> uh, if if I remember correctly, it probably was a Metallica t-shirt. I don't. I I, you know, I didn't have my glasses on, and I I, I actually I'll have to admit this. I actually did try and take my fingers and zoom the picture out. <laughs> Your yearbook. <laughs> yep, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? God, I'm a hot mess. So the movie starts. It's 20th Century Actually, Fox. I wish I would have known that you're going through the yearbooks because I was I thought about doing that because I wanted to try to find out what our really stupid prom and homecoming themes were. Oh, all right. But well, we anyway, can... please continue. It's 20th Century Fox. There is no fanfare. Uh, there is some military chatter that's going on over the credits. And then the opening crawl, the city of L.A. in 1991. They have landed. And now they are among us. And there's new news footage. And obviously you had to have recognized who the news reporter was that was reading. I, I didn't even know. It's the doctor from Terminator. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And Terminator okay, yeah. 2. Yeah. He actually tried to use him as a linkage, but yeah, not, no luck there. Oh, no no luck for Airplane 2? Uh, next week's movie is, 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 is a difficult one. <laughs> is it? It's, it's, it's a challenge. Child's Play 2? I, was, I went through all the sequels of the 80s, and I was trying to – you said it'll be a quick one, and Airplane 2 is like 85 minutes long. So uh, It's not It's not 85 minutes long. All right. Um, but then I have my clip from – from Is it really? Yeah. It's okay. It's my clip from the dude, the doctor from The Terminator and Terminator 2 uh, reading kind of what has tra- ha- happened in the last three years. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert three years ago today. The historic first view of the newcomer ship upon its dramatic arrival. These newcomers, we soon learned, were a genetically engineered race adapted for hard labor in almost any environmental condition. In effect, their ship was a slave ship, washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. Now that civil liberties attorneys have successfully lobbied for the newcomers' release from quarantine, what are the reactions among the communities where they've settled? Why do we have to take them? Why can't they go to Russia or someplace like that? No, I'll drink to that. I'm in college now, right? I'm going to be going to school with nine or ten-year-olds, you know? I mean, you know, there goes the grade curve. There goes my job future. I mean, you know, I mean, I have to compete with... I mean, if a ten-year-old is, like, twice as smart as me... You know what I'm saying? I'll be working here. By far, the strongest words of acceptance came from then-President Ronald Reagan. We've come to a turning point, a moment for hard decisions. If not us, who? I, I don't think it was, but it the spaceship that they showed very, very briefly in the news footage looked a lot, and I mean a lot, like the mothership from V. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. Yeah, because it's, the footage is grainy. Obviously, they made a really shitty model and then, you know. Oh, it's a great way to hide it, you know. Absolutely. Uh, so is so they came in 88. So they've been in quarantine for three years. Yes. Basically. And they just come right out of the gate. Although this has got – the meat of this movie has got to take place sometime after they come out of quarantine. Uh, well, you got to figure that George is a year and a half out of quarantine. Mm-hmm. To become a detective. Okay. So I figured it was like five years post-landing, give or take. Yeah. 
All right. But there's a guy at a bar who we turn out find out later on that he's a detective as well, and he's bitching about it. And he asks some guy, Henry, how he's doing, and do you have your green card? And the guy turns around, and it's <gasps> shocking. It's a newcomer. Right. And then there's an alien bartender as well. No, that's the bartender. That's yeah, oh, okay. that's Henry. Okay. But then we're introduced to the the main human protagonist, whose name I did not catch until about thirty minutes in. Right. I I have it right now just as Khan and Khan. Yes. And they are in Slag Town. I feel kind of bad like writing Slag and saying Slag in my notes because Obviously, it's very racist in this movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it it slag town and slag. It is basically. I don't even know the way to say it other than to say it is the N word for aliens, more mm-hmm. or less. Yes, and he hates it. We see some slag whores. Somebody, I think it's is it Con? Yeah, James Con asks. I wonder if the plumbing is is the same. Yes, and there's certain things that, as a detective, as a police officer. That he should know. Yeah, especially if, if part of his uh, area that he he works in is, is that part of town. Right. He should know that because it, it literally comes up as a problem when he's trying to fight off a guy. Right. And he does yeah. the um, Star Trek Six thing where not everybody's genitals are in the same place. Yeah. Right. But um, there's a Pepsi billboard that's got the slag writing, which is basically it looks like a a heartbeat monitor. Yeah, but you you missed a couple things here. First of all, um Khan and his partner they're they're driving and he's smoking a heater and he just flicks it out the window. Mhm. And then after he says after he asks if the plumbing is the same, his partner says that it is. Have you ever heard the the story about Superman's cock? No, I have not. So, it it's in a comic. It's not In a comic, I mean like a real comic book where he and Lois are about to get down and dirty and they're getting undressed and she's like, oh my God, what is that? And he says, that's my penis. And she's like, what are those things for? And he says, that's to grab onto you. Kind of like a shark dick where it has the claspers that kind of pull you in. Okay. But uh, are you sure? Are you sure that that's real? I can send you a, a picture of it. Okay. I mean, it's, are you sure it's not like from Cracked Magazine or something? No, because the, it was part the, – the story was about how they are I, – I, DC's comic arm is basically wiping out some of their, their canon. And comic canon is all messed up because of all the oh. alternate universes and timelines and whatever. But sure. they said that they were, they were wiping out some of the more objectionable things in their timeline. And that was one of them. All right. Kind of like HBO Max, removing a bunch of Sesame Street episodes. <laughs> okay. But uh, Khan doesn't trust them. And as you said, there's the Pepsi ad. And there's a, a drunk alien mm-hmm. who's drinking sour milk, which is their booze. Yes. But the, the, the whole point of this kind of – it's not a it's not a montage per se, but it's basically showing how this is how they've assimilated or – how they've kind of like adapted to earthling life because it shows a bunch of them in an Arthur Murray class. Um, some of them playing lacrosse. It's a, it's a mix between lacrosse and Quidditch. It's not actually lacrosse. It's like their own game that they played on their ship. Well, Quidditch didn't exist then. No, but I'm, but I'm just saying yes. that's what it reminded me of. Yes. And what and movie is playing at, a th- at the theater? Rambo six. 
How many Rambos have there been? One, two, three, four, five. Five. Yes, there have been five. And this is supposed to be 1991, and the last mm-hmm. one came out in, let's say, 2018? 2018? Somewhere in there, yeah. It was post-COVID. Right. Or pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, Pre-COVID. yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, yeah. honestly, absolutely no reason for it to be a Rambo film. It was stupid. It was I not, not good. care for it. Yeah. I think I fell asleep during it. The, the one before that was fucking awesome. Oh, it is probably the most violent film I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, where he when he's behind the the gun and he's just uh-huh. blowing people in half. Yeah, holes. You're seeing seeing holes come, and I mean it's like chunks of styrofoam coming off of these guys. Oh, it yeah, was crazy. It's... It was it was so over the top, cartoony violence. Well, that's kind of like um, Kill Bill One, where when she's in the Asian what is party the sixty sixes or the um, yeah, no, I think it's eighty eights. Yeah. With the um yeah. the blade on the chain, I think. She's got all kinds of shit that she's using. Yeah. I, I did but. not like the Kill Bill films. Um Yeah. No. The first one I think I saw in the theater, and then the second one I rented, and I got really high before I watched it, and it, it had been a long time since I'd watched the movie High. And the part where she's stuck in the coffin. Didn't sit well with you? No, it did not sit well with me at all. No, it did not. But his partner asks about his daughter's wedding. So obviously, and then he says, Khan says he wants to go, but his ex-wife and the husband, her new husband, are paying for it. And That's very, that happens all in, in so many films where it is the the new husband is, is paying for everything and it's, it's kind of cuckolding the the original husband, the father of the bride. Yeah. So many films. There's a yeah. Bruce Willis film where that happens too, and I can't remember which one it was. I don't I, I think it was Ant-Man. actually a good one, not one of the happens shitty in, ones. Happens in Ant Man. Um the Bruce Willis one. Is that the where he's like the, the, the sheriff on the on the river in Pittsburgh? Oh striking distance? Yeah, is that what With, it is? Uh, I think he stars and there's a horse in it and A horse? Yeah. Sarah, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker. Parker. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but they talk about, you know, his partner talks about, he remembers when his daughter was conceived. So obviously they got a shit ton of history because he talks about his daughter being 20. Right. So they have a ton of history. Do you know when, I mean, could, for either of your kids, could you pinpoint the time and say, yeah, my kid was conceived mm -hmm. this date? Yeah. I mean, the exact date? No, I, I mean... No, I mean, you're going to pull that now, aren't you? No, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I couldn't. No, I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the exact date. So we can't with with our with our second kid. We can't with our first kid. We actually, I, I could tell you the exact date. It would. I'd have to actually look it up. But mm-hmm. it, it was the date that we moved into this house. All right. And the only reason we know that is. We had all like we were moving three miles from our old house to our new house, and so everything's all packed up. We're we're ready, and the movers are supposed to be there at ten o'clock. And they call us and they said, "Oh, yeah, we're not going to be there until eleven o'clock or noon or something." So we're sitting there. We have no internet. We have no TV. We have nothing. It's like, okay, we got some time to kill. 
And, mm-hmm. and that's when our, our oldest was conceived was waiting for the movers to show up. Well, I remember the, the second one, we were like hard down checking temperature and tracking ovulation schedule and everything. Oh, so and you actually, so, you, you like did the whole planning thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same with the first one. The first one we were trying to, um, do the same thing and then she miscarried. And then when my son was conceived, first one, I, I don't think we were like, it was just kind of like, okay, if it happens, it happens. Cause I remember sitting in the doctor's office finding out that she had miscarried and I said, I'm going to make a promise to you six months from now, you'll be pregnant. And it, it worked out that way. Yeah. We, we basically just said, okay, we're, we're not using birth control anymore or Mm -hmm. honestly for me any less, but yeah, (laughs) we're not using birth control anymore and we'll, we'll play it out. And we had like timelines of if it doesn't happen by a certain time, then we'll have to have that conversation. But we never had to have that conversation because she got pregnant almost immediately. And that was honestly a fucking shocker to me. Okay. Because I I honestly thought that there probably was going to be something wrong with my swimmers. Okay. Well, you know, my predilection for not using any kind of birth control and, and not getting anybody knocked up. Yeah. That that was my thought process. But anyway, um uh, did you see who was the producer of this film? No. Gail Ann Hurd. Does the name mean anything to you? Sounds very familiar. It's Cameron's ex-wife. Oh, all right. So she did uh, the original Terminator. She produced the original Terminator. Correct, yeah. Producer, yeah. All right. Okay. But a couple aliens in trench coats are that look kind of suspicious are going into a liquor store. Yeah. And uh, Eddie Murphy's there going, Philip, Philip, man, you've changed. <laughs> do you get the reference? Yes, I do. It's from the first Beverly Hills Cop. Where there's two guys in trench coats in the strip club. Yeah. And then he disarms the guy with the shotgun, and then uh-huh. and then he goes into his whole source. These guys are super cops. Yeah. But so they they, they do a, a UE and they park the car and they get out of the car and they're walking and, and they're like trying not to look. But Khan asks his partner what he sees. Pay attention. Why do you have to bring race into it? <laughs> okay. No, I mean, his partner is, is a black guy. And the thing that nobody has said yet, but I said it in the Facebook post about this film, is this film is very Star Trekian in the way that it's structured because it is a not so subtle commentary on racial relations. Okay. And I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly obvious. It's, it's just the aliens are a proxy for insert any, any other race. Yeah. Other than white people. Exactly. All right. But, uh, they talk a little bit about bulletproof vests. So where are their bulletproof vests? And back in the car, the trunk of the car. Yes. And they split up, and as soon as they split up, I'm thinking, I, I haven't seen this movie, and that's actually maybe a question we should ask in addition to, 
have you seen this film? Did you see this in the theaters? When was the last time you saw this? Mm. I probably have not seen this in 25 years at least. Mm, I would say I probably saw it 10 or 15 years ago. But I'm figuring the, the partner dies, right? Because I knew yeah. he had to get partnered up with a, a a newcomer with an alien. Right. But the thing I love about uh, films that portray a different time period, whether it be a time period forward, but usually a time period forward, but a time period forward or a time period back, and basically any other time than the time that they're released, is there are things that date that film unintentionally. In this is, case, are you, talk, are you talking about the Bartles and James cardboard cutout? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, one of the robbers, uh, who's an alien, and also the the shopkeeper is also an alien. But one of the robbers blows a hole clean through <laughs> the liquor store guy. Yeah, and there's a driver who was is their getaway guy who is not an alien. Mm-hmm. And he he comes out of the car and he starts shooting at James Kahn. But uh Kahn shoots him, hits him, kills him. Uh but his partner is pinned behind hold on one second. Can I help you? Oh, all right. I'm sorry. That's, That's okay. okay. Hello. I, I can't I won't say your name, but Matt says hello. Matt says hello. Hello, Matt. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. Um, got jacket material now. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? The partner is pinned behind a lamppost. That this, I don't know if it was an homage or it's just a cliche tropey thing to do, but this very much reminded me of another film. Um, True Lies. Yeah, where Tom Arnold is behind yeah. the, the light post and it, and he, it gets hit. He, ding 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 ding, and he checks everything. And then he, I think he kisses the light post. I think so. Yes. But the, the Bartles and James, uh, I call it a stand up. It takes one to the head mm-hmm. <laughs> and falls over. Yeah. And, and then, then, then one of the robbers attaches a huge drum of shotgun shells to his shotgun. I've never seen a drum for a shotgun before like that. Well, there's a, a semi truck that, that passes by. And that is how Khan is able to take out the human guy with the machine gun. Oh, that's right. Yes. And then inside the liquor room, liquor room, liquor store, uh, guy shoots at the partner and then everybody's reloading and Khan just has like a regular, but you're right. It's, I, I call it a round magazine. I don't know. It, it reminds me almost of a Tommy gun. It's a drum. But that's there's, what it's called. There's a guy in the station wagon that his partner is hiding behind. <laughs> it's like, why don't you get, get on it? Come on, get out of here. <laughs> I like this character. It sucks that he dies right away. Yeah, he, he does not last long. Uh, but the rounds from the alien shotgun, and it's not an alien shotgun. It's a shotgun that the alien is firing. They're going straight through the car. <laughs> yeah, absolutely they are. Yeah, and he can't even hide behind the engine. Bl- or does... Is he, he's working the other, he's working towards is, the back. He's working towards the, the which back. He should have been working towards the engine block. Which, yeah, that'd be more to potentially stop a shell. Yes. Mm-hmm. But he completely runs out of room and he's in the back and the alien caps him and then, uh, blows a hole right through him. And so, and this is against, uh, movie physics, if you will. It's maybe not against real world, real world physics, but in, in movies, a door or, a car or a closet door will stop a bullet where in reality, yeah, no, it won't. 
Right. But I think that, uh, well, first of all, it's a shotgun shell. So is it going to be pellets? But this is a an actual they, shell that is going through like a round, a singular round. It's a slug. It's right. a type of, it's, it's what you would like. There's certain counties in Wisconsin, Waukesha County used to be this way. I don't think it's that way anymore where you couldn't use rifles. It was shotgun only. And it's, you had to use a shotgun slug. I mean, that's what, like if you're a, a soldier in the army and you're carrying a shotgun, you're, I mean, you're going to have a variety of shells, but most of the shells that you're going to be loading are, are slugs. Okay. Okay. And if you've ever fired a slug, it's, uh, got some kick. It's got some kick, not like buckshot, but it definitely has some kick. When you do trap shooting, what, what are mm-hmm. you shooting? It's, uh, uh, pellets. Is it pellets? BBs. Okay. Yeah, it's BBs. So it's, it's 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 a it's a scatter. It's not a small thing, right? And it's not as like trap compared to like if you're doing pheasant shooting, pheasant hunting. The BBs when you're doing trap are much smaller. Okay. So. Yeah. Have you ever been trap shooting? I have. I went trap shooting once down in Texas. Yeah, I couldn't hit shit. Both times I went, I was actually kind of surprised how well I did. I was like, wow, I'm actually kind of good at this. But uh, that was literally the only time I had ever fired a rifle other than like a BB gun rifle. Okay. I'd fired guns before, but I'd never fired a rifle. You probably didn't play enough Duck Hunt when you were a kid. Well, Duck Hunt is a pistol. I realize that, but it's 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 the same concept. You're tracking something. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's my duck hunt. Okay. But the the robbers go out the back. Khan, he's upset. Not as upset as you would think he would be. Well, he walks over. He sees that his partner is dead. And then yeah. he, he gives chase. Mm-hmm. And as he comes out the back of the store, there's a guy. One of the newcomers has decided that he's going to climb all the way up on a billboard and shoot down at him with a machine gun. Yeah, that, no that didn't make task. a lot of sense to me because, well, he has to go up, and it, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a stairway. It's a ladder. Right. So, and then once you're done, once you're done firing, you got to come down, man. It's not like you can jump down from that. you got to climb down the ladder. And he's out of ammo almost right away. And what does he do once he's out of ammo? Does he throw the gun away? Yeah, he just throws the gun away. <laughs> yeah. Which, and this this does get explained. Well, I thought, first of all, there's going to be a fingerprint issue, which there is not. Mm-hmm. But secondly... I've never understood in any movie when people just toss weapons when they're out of ammo because weapons cost money. Yes. And, you know, it's not, they are a, they're not a consumable good. Those are things that, you know, bullets are consumable. A a weapon itself should be a a thing that you don't have to buy over and over and over again. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's two of them, but one of them, the guy that was on the billboard, he bails. We don't know what really happens to the other guy, but he goes into a tunnel. And I want to say that this tunnel is where the first resistance base was in V. Okay. I mean, there's probably a million tunnels like that in LA, but I remember the, the resistance had their base in a tunnel very similar to that. And we see him I think take that a was vial. In, I think that was in the final battle. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't yes. have been in the first one. Yeah, I I, I actually watched it mean, about fir- a year ago. But I mean, the first, yeah. And I, I'm looking at this tunnel, and I'm thinking, as much as I like dark, wet tunnels, I'm not going in there. <laughs> no, you're certainly not, because you can't see shit in there. But we see the we see the guy, the the newcomer, 
have he's like a little vial that you'd normally see crack cocaine in, but he drinks the entire contents of that vial. I call it Romulan ale because it okay. kind of has the same look to it. All right. Um, but uh, he starts running out at Khan. Khan pulls his pistol, and did you count how many shots it took him to take him down? Uh, 16 total. He yes. fires. Yeah, which would make which if he had reloaded before this happened, that service pistol, if it's a nine millimeter, it would be fifteen in the clip or fifteen. I'm sorry, you're not supposed to say clip. Fifteen in the magazine, one in the chamber. See, I purposely did not say clip or when I, when we were talking about reloading because I knew I'd get it wrong. So okay, all right, but now okay, now this is where, uh. The other guy, the other newcomer comes and jumps him after he blows this other dude away, who's all kind of jacked up on this drug that he took. Yes. And this newcomer is kicking his ass. Yeah. Khan and the alien are fighting, and the alien has him, but we hear sirens. Yeah. And then the alien just boogies. Yeah. He, he takes instead off. Of, instead of twisting his head and breaking his neck, which you can't really do in real life, um, he just tosses him to the side. Okay, but uh, cop pulls him up, and what what is the interesting thing about the the cop that pulls him up? The cop is a slag. Yeah, the cop is an alien, and when Khan sees this, he decks him. Yeah, <laughs> but the alien yeah. is unfazed by it. He gets up and he asks if Khan is all right, and alien actually, as he's trying to help him up, Khan wants no help from him. Right, and then, they're loading up. They're loading up Tugs, his partner's body, into the meat wagon. And, and they're treating Khan, it like meat. Yes. And he's like, take it easy. Uh, but he goes into the store and there's two cops talking about the type of round that was being used. Except for the magazine, looks like a standard 12 gauge. It is. So how come it went clean through the car? B.R.I. Savage slugs. These puppies are nasty. That might as well have been hiding behind a, a rose bush. Pretty heavy stuff for knocking off a mini. An identical round was used in the shooting of a newcomer named Hubley. Two days ago. Yeah, I don't. Sometimes I question where you're close in. <laughs> then it's just kind of a weird spot, but that is very much a. You tell me where the nuclear vessels are. Yeah, that, yes. that will come up. And those Sabbath rounds are real. They, they, I watched a video of those on YouTube, and yes, they, uh, they can go through some shit, man. But I don't think, I don't think they could go all the way through a vehicle, but, um, they can take some stuff out at close range. But we find out that the aliens are officially called newcomers. That is mm-hmm. their preferred name, I guess. Yes. And the alien, the, the alien, the other alien who said that the, uh, the somebody was shot by a similar slug last week, when he's asked if there's a connection, he just walks away. Mm-hmm. And, and well, because he's, he, he's kind of pissed off that Khan punched him. Khan punched him. But yes. what does Khan say to him as he's walking away? He says, up yours. Know. Okay. Hey, up yours. Uh, but now he goes to his apartment, and this is a very tropey thing for police officers that they live like shit and have crappy apartments. Have you ever seen the movie with Michael J. Fox and um, Back to the Future? James Wood? James, <laughs> James Woods? Um, Life with Mikey? No, what the fuck is it? It's where Michael J. Fox is an actor, and he wants to do, like, a ride-along with a cop. God. Yeah, actually, I know what you're talking about, but I, I can't I may have seen that. I may have seen that in the theater with you. Mm-mm. 
No, I, I've never seen it. I know which one you're talking about, though. Okay, it might be. It's uh, the ride along. It's not ride along. Yeah, because that was uh, remade. With but, what? Will, with Will Ferrell? And, no, it's and Ice Dave. Cube and um, the short guy. The short guy. Yeah, the, the the guy who is in every movie with the Rock. He's like the Rock's uh, bitch. Um, I literally just watched a movie with him in it and Mark Wahlberg two nights ago. Why can't I think of his name now? Oh God! I think he's a cuck too. I, well, Will Smith is a cuck. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But well, anyway, no, I do not remember. Was it the hard way? I think it is the hard way. Yes, because they go into James Wood's apartment and he's Michael J. Fox is shocked and. James Wood. <laughs> He's like, what? You think every that cop's apartment is a piece of shit? Yeah. But so. it, it, I, every time I see, uh, it wasn't quite a 70s type answering machine, like a Rockford Files answering machine. But still, it always cracks me up. And, and it's the same thing in used cars. Anytime you see an answering machine, it's kind of like, you know, there's the message and then there's the messages get ignored, but whatever. But it's his daughter and his daughter wants to talk to him. And then he starts pouring himself a drink. And what is he drinking? Is it bourbon? It's vodka. Is it vodka? Yes. All right. But he takes the milk out of the refrigerator and puts it on top of the, the refrigerator. And that it would also be a... Yep, 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 yep. Where'd I put it? Pop quick. You tell me where the nuclear vessels are. Yeah. Yes. And then the next message, well, she says, oh, you're probably going to save this message because I said I love you. And then the next message after that is, hi, this is Frank from the gas company. Your bill is past due. <laughs> but she also did say that his partner. Oh, yes. Uh, he, bill Tuggle. Um, yeah. I had to look at the screen to see what his name was. Uh, we'll probably drag him there. But they had planned about it. They'd already planned it, that that's what he was going to do. But I was thinking, um, aren't, you know, cops aren't. Cops don't make millions and millions of dollars, but cops are not teacher level underpaid, especially no, not somebody that's detective grade. A detective in L.A. Yeah, you're probably make he's, you know, back in 88 or actually, well, this would be 91. I mean, he's probably making like 30 grand a year. Oh, no, which, he's making way more than that. You think so? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, in, not in today's money. In 1991 money. I'd say he's probably making 50 in 91. You think so? Yeah, especially that's if, if he's working a lot of overtime, because yeah, that's, that's where cops make the money. Is they have their their regular job, and then they have like their side you know, security gigs, sure, where they get paid just a ton. But the mm -hmm. next day, uh, Khan is at work, and he he's now doing something that out. makes me hate him. Ooh, what's he doing? He's wearing a cowboy shirt. Oh, yeah, which I think he wears for almost the rest of the movie. <laughs> Yeah. I know he and wears we it over multiple days. We find out his name is Matt Sykes. Right. So I had to call him Sykes because if I called him Matt, it would confuse me. Okay. And he wants to know, he's talking to some of the other detectives and he wants to know what's going on with the case. It's like, hey man, it's only been 12 hours. Yes. Plus the slags don't talk. They're, they're tight lipped. And one of the detectives, and I don't have any other detectives names other than George, but makes a racist statement about Mexicans right in front of his Mexican partner. Yeah. <laughs> but they, as you said, they, they said it's impossible to make a case in Slagtown. And the, the captain walks in and he has an announcement. You okay, Sykes? I'll make this short. 
This is a directive from Chief Evaner, who was acting on orders from the mayor, who was under mandate from the Federal Bureau of Newcomer Relations. As of 9 o'clock this morning, one newcomer uniform officer has been promoted to the rank of Detective Third Grade. And we've got him, gentlemen. Volunteers for duty with a new detective should see me in my office. Otherwise, I will choose a volunteer myself. That's all. What's he going to do if he gets too many volunteers, huh? Draw straws? How long's this slag been on the force anyway? A year max, right? A year. I was in uniform eight years, man, before I became detective. I don't know about you guys, but I gotta sit around and take this stuff. I'm calling a union. You got it, babe. We'll back you. You know, and this movie does not have a lot of clips from us, and but a lot of the clips that it does have are kind of long. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I let that play out a little bit is because you can see that it is pretty universal. There is almost a. It doesn't matter if you are black, white, Hispanic. Asian, the the dislike or the belittlement of the newcomers is almost universal across the board. Correct, and and that that's kind of important because that does come up, and that's one of the things where you know Sykes' character, Khan's character, shows some growth. But Sykes gets up and he walks into the. Well, hold on a second. He looks in the office and he sees the cop. That is the, the the newcomer that's going to be the detective, and then he looks over at his partner's empty chair. Does he recognize him from the night before? Yes. Okay. Absolutely, he recognizes him. That's why he walks in and volunteers because he heard. Well, that's why we pulled the clip because his partner's case and the other Hubley's case are interconnected. And uh, you know, of course, as is. A movie standard. Uh, he is not to work on the the case of his partner being killed. <laughs> kind of like Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop couldn't work on Mikey's case. Yeah. What was uh? What, was her name Jenny? Yes. Jenny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it. I knew it. But uh, homicide that was mentioned. So. Oh wow! <laughs> oh man! You chugged down a Peter North. <laughs> load right there okay it was a lexington <gasps> steel give credit where credit is due but uh the homicide that was mentioned is the same kind of slug um but there's a guy from the mayor's office who's just kind of sitting in there as the uh almost like the, the hand of the king <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and the, and the the captain agrees as sykes and the newcomer walks out and uh well they, he, he informs him that no they want to take this other other case of a newcomer getting killed and he thinks it would be good for – Sykes says, he goes, this would be good for public relations to have a newcomer detective investigating a newcomer murder. And the, the hand of the mayor is like, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> okay. But then as they're walking out, Sykes kind of lays some stuff out for his new partner. All right. All right. Good. Well, we work my hours. Oh, yeah. I do the driving and you do the paperwork. You got to learn it anyway, so you might as well do it all. Sergeant, I would like to thank you for what you were doing. What's that? Oh, wait, wait. Let me get something straight in your head, Francisco. You want cream and sugar? No, no, I want to get something straight in your head. We are not pals. We're not getting married. We're not going to take long moonlight walks together, okay? And don't call me Sergeant. Call me Sykes or Matt if you got to, okay? I am Samuel. Would you like a donut? 
Actually, I, I have more to that, but that clip reminded me so much of another interaction. Can you think of what that might be? Something with the long the, what moonlight walks. What the fuck was it? No, that's not it. That's not what I'm about to play. Okay. What are you going to play? Ain't no goddamn way to start a partnership. Now get this. We ain't partners. We ain't brothers and we ain't friends. I'm putting you down and keeping you down until Gans is locked up or dead. And if Gans gets away, you're going to be sorry you ever met me. I'm already sorry. It's a whole we ain't partners, we ain't friends thing. Yes, 48 hours. Okay. And, you know, to go back to that clip before, um, what is the newcomer's first name? Sam. Okay, so I'm going to try to see if I can actually catch this up here. All right. Leave Sykes or Matt if you got to. Okay. I am Samuel. Would you like a donut? Change your mind. San Francisco. San Francisco? <laughs> no, I, I ain't buying that. I'm not buying that. I'm not going to introduce you to people as San Francisco. Uh, I think I'll call you George. George? All of the aliens that are named, with the exception of, I think, Cassandra, and I don't even know if she's ever actually named, all of them have a famous person equivalent. Um, who's Terrence Stamp? Who's, who, what's his name in this movie? Harcourt. Harcourt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a famous person. Is it? Yeah. And then Joe Harcourt. Yeah. And there's Rudyard Kipling. Yes. uh, Richard Nixon. So there's a finite number of famous people. How how many newcomers are there? 300,000. It's a lot. That's a lot of people that you got to name, and I got. And he even says he goes, "Oh, those guys at at uh, name registration must have gotten punchy or something after naming so many." But we'll now we'll call him George, and I will pet him, and I will. I, will, <laughs> so I don't know which one to pull him. that from. <laughs> I will squeeze. It's, it's, I think the Bugs Bunny one with the abominable sm- snowman probably would be the best. Okay. Or the um, oh, who's the guy that killed his wife? Robert Blake? Yes. O.J. Simpson? What? <laughs> O.J. Simpson? No, Robert, oh, Robert Blake. He was in a version of, of Mice and Men that we had to watch in high school. All right, I'm not going to try to do O.J. Simpson doing of, of Mice and Men because it's <laughs> no. wrong on so many levels. And then there was, I think, a John Malkovich version version of, of Mice and Men. Okay. With maybe it was Randy Quaid was the dummy, I think. Hello, boys. <laughs> I'm back. That's not bad. That's not bad. You picked up on so my, mine couldn't have been that bad because you knew where I was talking about. Well, come on, Rand, Randy Quaid. That's I mean, that's his consummate role that he's best known for. Uh, Cousin Eddie. Cousin, Cousin, Cousin Eddie. Eddie, I would say, is probably more so. Shitter's full. Yeah. yeah. Um, but George has, he's got newspaper, different newspapers, just in case, because he, he didn't know which one. Right, Matt wanted. He's got heaters for him. <laughs> it's not bad, and an, and an air freshener for his car. But uh, George doesn't care that his name is weird. And why doesn't mm-hmm. he care that his name is weird? I don't know. Sykes' name means oh, yes. shithead in yes, the newcomer language. language. Yes. But they go to the range, and no wait, and they get a, he gets a gun, 
and it's a it's a four fifty four. Yes, twice as powerful as a forty four, and it only holds five shells. Yes, and uh, George is it's getting a- railed by Sykes because his shooting ability is lackluster. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 not good at all. Um, but this is another thing that we we've seen this in Lethal Weapon. Actually, I think this ex- almost exact thing happens in Lethal Weapon Two, which we've done on this podcast. Is putting the uh, the bulletproof vest on that the target? Was not in, that was not in Lethal Weapon Two, was it? In Lethal Weapon Two, why? I I, I question this because a bulletproof vest. Is like five hundred dollars. Well, th- that's what I'm saying. That's why would they do this? But it, it, I know it's in one of the Lethal Weapon films where where um, Mel Gibson's character does this and he shoots I, through it. Are you sure? Because I know in the first Lethal Weapon he does the "Have a nice day." Yeah, with the eyes and the smiley face. Yes. Smiley face. Yeah, no, but there's a thing I think where they are talking, and I think it's the second one. Where he, they're talking about these special shells that they have, and they send it back, and he, they show it because they shoot through it, and it goes straight through the vest. Hmm. So All right, it's a housekeeping thing. But okay, I, I, right. I'm thinking I didn't know what the cost was, but with this 454, Sykes basically wastes this bulletproof vest. Yes, because as I understand it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, bulletproof vests are one-time uses, not one-time uses like a condom. But one-time uses, once it's actually used, it is no longer good. Yeah, once you've been hit in it, yeah, you, you throw it away because it's been compromised. Um, although a lot of like a lot of the guys like the in the military, they don't use vests anymore. They use plate carriers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you, it's, it's like, like it's, a it's, slot. It's, you put it's, it's, yes, yes. And if I mean, if a plate gets hit, you just take the plate out. Right. Correct. I just carry a bunch of watches. A bunch of watches. Yeah. Because the watch always stops the bullets or yeah. cigarette cases. Yes, exactly. I carry a, bunch of, carry a bunch of cigarette cases all around me. Hey, worked for uh, Michael Johnny Keaton. Dangerously. Oh, yes. Well, is it, was it? Yeah, I guess you're right. It was Johnny Dangerously. Michael Keaton. I was, I was thinking it was in Batman, but you're right. It was in Johnny Dangerously. I had the right person, just the wrong film. Right. But, but uh, no, or, or you could have like a silver tray that, that, that also saved Michael Keaton. You want to get nuts? Let's, Let's get, get nuts. nuts. We've done that one already. Yes, we have. Uh, so I'm sure you've been to a range before. Mm-hmm. Have we talked about being at a range? Mm, I don't think so. So I, before I got married, a bunch of guys I worked with were all big into guns. And we'd go to the range. And everybody, there's a guy that had a Glock, a guy that had like a, a, a nine, you know, just Everybody had different types of guns. Some people had multiple types of guns. And basically all I had to do is I had to pay for my ammo because I did not have a gun because I had no interest in having a gun. And we're sitting there and I, I was okay. I wasn't a great shot. I, I remember uh, one time, one of the few times up at the Shangri-La, we talked about how, you know, I, I know what um, gun etiquette is as far as like how you hand it over to somebody, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, hand it barrel pointing towards them. You know, right. There's a way to do things. But so we're sitting there shooting and we're going through different and obviously ear protection is very important when you're at a range because you're in an enclosed area and, you know, gunfire is loud. Oh, dude, even when you're outside, ear pro is is super important. But so we're sitting there and we're shooting our 
you know, our nine millimeters or whatever. He's thinking, ba-doo, ba-doo. And we just hear this, boom. <laughs> and there's a guy that has a 357 mm-hmm. that is a couple, like, lanes over. And even with the ear protection, that hurt your ears with how loud it was. Mm-hmm. And just the power of that gun was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a 357. It's probably one of my favorite pistols because it's just very accurate. So. All right, Bart. Um, Let's see. Uh, George wants to know why Sykes picked this assignment. Yeah, because you don't like us. It's because one of your people killed my partner. Yeah. And then uh, I said uh, Sykes is treating George like his bitch. But Sykes wants the details about Hubley, who is the guy that George had mentioned was killed by the same type of shell. Uh, yeah, he had two holes um, through both hearts. <laughs> so apparently these are Time Lords, which you will not get because you're not no. that kind of geek. Speaking of Lords, right now we are literally missing the premiere of the new Lord of the Rings series. <sighs> I do everything for the podcast. Well, uh, I mean, if it's as good as the, the new... Game of Thrones podcast. Oh God! Are you really missing out? <laughs> no, that's it's a hard watch, man. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to yeah. watch it. it yeah. It's like, but it's 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 not. Where's Dinklage when you need him? Right. Well, Matt Smith is is the main guy in that in that film. He's he's the brother. Okay. So, so he'd be, I guess, the antagonist of the story. Yeah. He was a doctor. He was, I think, the eleventh doctor. He was also in a Terminator film. He was also supposed to be one of the main bad guys in Rise of Skywalker, even though his part was completely cut, Hmm. despite being a major character in that film. Um, So he has kind of been across the board. It's a good wig, though. I mean, you got to admit that that, all the wigs in that show look natural. Yes. Yes, they do. All right. Yeah. Please continue. Um, But yeah, this Hubley guy worked at the methane company. And was also developing low-cost housing. Yeah, he's doing Section 8 housing for aliens. Yeah. Right. No, that's what it's called. Section 8? Yeah, that's what it's called, Section 8 housing. Absolutely, okay. that's what it's called. Like if you, if you, um, there's towers in New York or in Baltimore. Yes, Section 8 housing Chicago. is what it's called. All right. Um, if, if you watch The Wire, you'd know that. Okay. It, and that doesn't sound right because that's what Klinger was trying to get. He was trying, trying to get, to get low Cost housing. Yes, he was trying to get a Section Eight. He's trying to dress up like a woman, be a, be a tranny, and and okay. get some low cost cost housing in Baltimore. Right, right exactly. Yes, <laughs> but they're talking about was anything missing from him? Well, he had no wallet, but he was wearing a watch and two rings. Yes, and then also the and liquor the mini, store robbery, the mm. mini mart. Yes, was, yeah, nothing was taken. Well, they they, they the made kind thing. of a cursory, almost like half ass grab at the cash register, but. Right. But uh, George says, but Matt, that's not our case. And <laughs> Matt's like, dude, procedure. These things are tied together. We have to investigate this because it's the same. Uh, and no, he it, stops the car in the middle of the road. Right. <laughs> and, and says, yes. And that's when he says the cases are related. No, I'm sorry. George says, we I will have not to break. Pro- no, George proce- says, I, I will not break procedure. And that's yes, when that's Sykes slams the, the brakes in the car in the middle of traffic. And I've been the guy stuck behind this asshole <laughs> uh-huh. too many times. 
But and the way that Sykes is talking about, it, he's actually in a calm tone tone of voice, and he's being rational. You know, George, maybe these cases, maybe these shootings are related. One might shine light on the other. It's very, it's a very reasonable way for him to get to do what he wants to do that he's not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, but where do they go next? Uh, they go to the morgue. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out that the human that was shooting the machine gun at Sykes was high on coke. And the newcomer is a John Doe, or what do they refer to alien John Doe's as? Sam Slag. Yes. Yes. And you can see that the, the, the dead newcomers that are on the corner slabs, they have these big protruding chests and then drop off to like a concave stomach. Kind of like the opposite of you. <laughs> if you were to turn it upside down, you would look like a slag body. Uh, you Do I wonder. say her? By saying hurtful things to you, man. I wonder why my self-esteem is so low. <laughs> yes. But the, slag, the slag was hit in both hearts. But we find out that they do not have fingerprints and no cock either. Uh-huh. He's probably got like a like lipstick. No, they have a cock. Uh, uh, they, but There's but, no cock the, on that body. Well, that's because it's a sl- side view, man. And it's it's they don't show it down there. But because there's something I that happens. I like, was looking for alien. You cock. were looking for cock. You <laughs> yeah. were looking for cock. Okay, all right. But George goes and talks to. Well, before he goes and he talks to the the alien corner, he does one thing before he goes and talks to the alien corner. This is important. What does he do? Uh, I don't know. He looks in the mouth of uh, the dead alien. Okay. And then Sykes wants to know what's going on. Oh, nothing. And. uh but now they go to look at their personal effects. What? See, I didn't catch this part. I, this is before we had subtitles in the movie, and I forgot to go back to this part. What did he say to the assistant coroner that was a newcomer? I, I don't know. I actually didn't even know I was supposed to have subtitles for the alien language, so I only caught it for like the last 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, okay, so just so everybody knows, I, I'm watching the movie. I'm at like 105 in the film, and I get a text from Doug. There's no subtitles in the alien language. So I spend the next 20 minutes fi- fixing that. And, mm-hmm. but, and I was planning on going back to watch that initial hour. And I actually, I would have done that if I had the time, but I did not do that. So I, I do not know. Okay. All but right. so this is, I think, where it goes to your clip about uh, the personal effects. And one of the things that, uh, is Sykes. Sykes is holding is a rubber. What is this? What's that? It's a, it's a rubber. It's a, you know, a condom. Coney Island whitefish, you know? Um, men, you know, human men, they, uh, they put them on their penises to, uh, to protect them from having baby. What's that? Excuse me, I... Do you need this for anything? Nope, I got my own. Cheers, Rob. Hey, you got the picture? And that fits? Yeah, I mean, it's made of rubber. It stretches, right? And still it fits. George is, uh, cock-shaming Sykes. Yes, he is. 
Yes, it was like a conversation between Matt and myself. I what love the fact that the the female scientist, I don't know what she is. She's like, no, no thanks, I got my own. I got my own, yeah. She comes prepared. Well, it's, what do they say? It's like a gun. Um, oh, fuck, now I can't even think of it off the top of my head. Well, apparently the newcomers have Brad Cox. That's what it says in my notes. Brad Cox? Yeah. Okay. Isn't he the legend? Oh, it's better It's better to have one and not need it than need it and not have one. That's what it is. Rubber's like a gun. Yeah. Okay. But they look at his boots and um, Matt asks, Sykes asks George, what is the resin that's on the boots? And he says it prevents the sparks at the methane plant. Um, and Hubley and – so the guy that George – mentioned before and this guy that Sykes killed both worked at the methane plant. Right, they worked at the refinery. And uh, the next thing they're going to do is talk to the liquor store owner's wife and George says he should talk to her alone and then Sykes is going to go to the refinery alone so they're going to kind of split up. Mhm. And as Sykes is talking to the plant manager, um he says that the plant manager says that Hubley was a good guy, a good manager. And Sykes shows a picture to the guy and, oh, it looks like a guy that didn't come in today. <laughs> well, he's not. taking the rest of his life off. <laughs> that was Whoops. kind of funny. Yes. Sykes wants to go into the methane room, and he's like, oh, no, 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 you can't go in there. Um, that's why they have the newcomers in there, because apparently their bodies are genetically engineered to pretty much work in any environment. Yeah, this would have been a great place for a Rocky Four clip. There you go. Just genetically engineered, you know. Yeah. The thing that pisses me off about this movie is, it left me wanting more to know about where the newcomers came from and, and how they were used and what aliens were using them as slaves. I'm sure there was stuff in the TV series that lived, that went on for one season that I think explained more. And I'm pretty sure I watched every episode, but man, that was a long time ago. And that I think that was one of the first shows one of the first science fiction shows that was on Fox. Okay, yeah that that would that would time out right is because it was mm-hmm. right about the time that Fox started. Yeah, but uh, the the area that Sykes can't go into is thirty five percent pure methane gas, and Sykes and the plant manager part ways, and the camera lingers on the plant manager a little long. Mm-hmm. So we know oh, this might not this guy might not be on the up and up. And the guy goes up to an observation area. Yeah. And he's looking down. And what are they making there? Some sort of drug, something. They're making Dawn dish soap or (laughs) Romulan ale. Yes. And then George is talking to the newcomer widow. And this is where the whole subtitles thing came in. But he's showing pictures to her and they're talking in an alien language. And I don't have it what they said because this is before I started taking notes on the aliens dialogue, but she's sad and they hug and Sykes pulls up to a house and honks the horn. This is George's house. And I love the way this is set up because George's house is the American dream cliche Mm -hmm. right down to the fact that he has literally a white picket fence. Right. And George gets in the car, but before George can even talk to Sykes, what does George have to do? I don't know. He's got to buckle his seatbelt. Oh, 
Okay. It's it's See, like it's little things like that that you shouldn't ask me. Why would I? Why would I type that or re- remember that? Because Sykes picking up George at George's house is you picking me up at Firestone in reverse. Because and saying, I, "Hey, I, buckle per, up, man!" Yeah, because <laughs> the dinger goes off. Ding, 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 ding. It's like, "Hey, man, come on! I'm responsible for you. Buckle the fuck up." But they're going to see a business associate of Hubley's, and who are they going to see? Uh, this is Harcourt, right? General Zod. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't looked it up, the voice would have bugged the shit out of me because you can kind of tell. That it's Terrence Stamp, but the makeup is kind of overwhelming. Right, it is. But Hardcore is a newcomer, and he's being honored. His wife is kind of cute. And then is we, she a newcomer? Is she a newcomer too? Yes. Is she okay? I, I guess I didn't. I didn't look at the wife. You that or she's bald? <laughs> You're oh, bald. Now, <laughs> now Chris Rock, not Chris Rock. Will Smith is going to come up, beat the shit out of me at the next podcast. Right. God damn it. Now it's Kevin Hart. There you go. (laughs) But in the shitter, um, there's an alien that is taking drugs. He's the guy from the robbery. He's the other guy that that attacked Sykes. Yeah, he's from Full Metal Jacket. He is from Full Metal Jacket. Yes, he is. That's Rafter Man. uh, Sykes and George are waiting in the lobby. Did you say that he was taking drugs? That he had a little little vial and had its... uh, a little paintbrush on the cap that he puts on his tongue. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. I said he was in the shitter doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but uh, so Hardcore and the guy that was doing drugs come out, and Hardcore is aware of who George is because George has his own kind of cachet because he is the first newcomer detective. Mm-hmm. But the guy that was doing drugs, what is his name? Rudyard Kipling. Right. Who I couldn't tell you. I the name sounds familiar, but he didn't write the jungle book, did he? I believe so, yeah, actually. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess I do know who he is. But they ask Harcourt if they if he knew Hubley and, and um Harcourt says that he was a business associate in real estate. Right. And then the mayor comes out and the mayor kind of rushes the two newcomers away from the detectives. But before they leave, uh, Harcourt congratulates George again and says to call him at his office. Mm-hmm. But then they also say Harcourt and Rudard Kipling in alien language talk, and he recognized Matt, and he says, well, you're lucky that he didn't recognize you. It's like, well, they all look the same. Um, and actually, and in my then, notes, it, it says here, was the alien stuff supposed to be subtitled? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then they mentioned something about some guy named Strader. Right. And Strader definitely will come into play mm-hmm. a lot, both alive and dead. Yes. But, but now they're at a food truck. And Sykes asks George how long it took him to speak English. Three months. Yep. And it's that's their strength. That's what they were bred for. And they got their food. And then this exchange happens. Oh my god. I got yours. What is that? Roll what? What? What kind is that? This? Yeah. This is beaver. What? Beaver. It's tasty. I'm sure. Would you like to try some? None of the best. I was telling my son, how do you know you don't like it if you won't even try? 
you tell them that. Let me ask you something. Would it, would it, would it uh, really put you out, I mean, badly if you, if you put it on the grill just for a minute or two? Our bodies do not assimilate the nutrients if the food has been cooked. I see. But, oh, you know, George, that's very attractive. See, we're going to go out and we're going to talk to people, and you've got fur in your teeth. Very attractive. Nothing wrong with eating a little beaver. No. <laughs> Are your kids picky eaters? Uh, one of them is, one of them is not. Okay. All right. It's interesting. Both of my kids will eat vegetables and fruit, any kind of vegetable and fruit that you throw in front of them. The youngest one, you've got to, hey, eat your vegetables, eat your fruit, whereas the oldest one just devours. If we put food on in front of him and there's not vegetables and fruit, he'll be like, where, where are my vegetables and fruit? It's kind of funny. But, you know, like my oldest doesn't like tacos. Youngest loves tacos. Oldest loves steak. Youngest doesn't like steak. Oldest love, you know, he loves burgers plain. Youngest cheeseburgers. It's just, it's so interesting how they acquire their palates when they've been fed the same thing from day one. Well, the youngest one for the longest time was kind of the more adventurous of the two. And All right. like me, he liked spicy foods. He would always put Tabasco st- sauce on stuff. He, he didn't suffer the ill effects that I would have from putting Tabasco sauce on stuff. Mm-hmm. But but in the last year or so, he's been very regimented with his diet because of his workout stuff. And he, he weighs each meal for how many calories it is and wow. how much he works out. And he's been doing this for a long time. And the other one kind of is very middle of the road. Will he, he doesn't have a wide palate. He's not going to try anything exotic. Okay. He's, yeah. But it, yeah, you're just like your kids, very, very rare, r- weird. Um, but the newcomers have to eat the food raw, which I thought would come into play somewhere, but it does not. The, the closest thing is that the drug part is it doesn't affect humans at all. So the human versus the alien physiology uh not metabolizes, but processes different things differently, sure. I guess. Sure. But now they go to the bar where the shopkeeper's son is, and Sykes tells George, And this is from because the conversation that we did not have translated, um when George asked if she if the the wife, the widow, knew the, the guy in the picture, she said, No, but my son does. Yes. And that's how they knew to go talk to the son. Right. So before they go in, Sykes tells George, I'll handle this. So he goes in there and he goes, and it's a mix of humans and newcomers. It's mostly it's, newcomers though. But it's it's a it's a rough crowd. And he's like, Hey, which one of you slags is Porter? And he hears from across the bar, Who wants to know? So they go down there, Matt grabs a guy and is trying to rough him up. And George is like, um, I think this is the one that you want. Right. Yeah, George has the right guy. And then George asks him a question. And he says, uh, screw you in newcomer. Yeah, and you, sm- you, smell, you smell like a cop. Uh, your mother mates out of season. Well, that's what he says about, about Sykes. Sykes, right, yeah. Yes, and that's when he punches him in the face and knees him in the balls. And then the guy, Porter, speaks in English. Don't they teach you anything about us? And yeah, and this is one of those things that like, hey, yeah, this is something that you should know. Although, what newcomer is going to tell a human, hey, this is where you need to punch me to subdue me? 
Yeah, but uh, you know there are people that are friendly, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure that as they learned about them, the just the general physiology for just for doctors to be able to potentially treat them, they would need to know some of these things. I suppose so. That would all come kind of come out, but uh, the newcomer crushes Sykes Maglite. Yes, sorry. So is that correct? Second, second time. <laughs> Yes, he crushes his maglite. Um, and he's about to strike Sykes, and George stops and says, I'm sorry about your father. Help us find the killer. And this is somebody that George knew from quarantine. And uh, the guy that they were looking that they're looking for runs a club called Encounters on the West Side. And George is giving Sykes a you know a brief lesson saying, hey, you know, hey, we have different weak spots. And apparently their balls are on the sides of their rib cage. He refers to it as the nerve plexus is under the arm. Yes. But uh, now Now we're we're at the beach. beach. Yes. And Harcourt arrives. And there's a guy straighter who we've seen in other movies. Maybe not any of our movies, but we've seen this guy before. Yeah. Um. And he's been getting worked up by a couple of guys. And he's turning down the offer of distributing Jabluka. And he says, I won't do it. Yes. And you chose poorly. <laughs> yes, you chose poorly. Because he he tells the, the two humans that are roughing him up, give him a swimming lesson. And then one of the guy tells the other guy, as they're dragging straighter down there, who's kicking and screaming, um, seawater is like battery acid. Which, once again... You tell me where the nuclear vessels yes. are. I, I did don't, not remember this part. Don't you think that they would have, like, moved all these newcomers to, like, the Utah? middle of Nebra- Nebraska? Well, no, you can't move them to Utah. Utah, probably not the Great, Great Salt Lake. You yeah. got the Great Salt Lake there, but, like, Nebraska or Kansas or something like that. Far As far away from seawater. Wa- because you have to think. Seawater, if you're close to the coast... That shit's in the air. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you've ever walked on the beach or been even, you know, blocks in from yeah. the ocean and you have the the wind is kind of kicking up, you can feel that sea breeze, not the drink, on on your face. And it would be like just a little splash of acid on yes. your face. Just, you just have like constantly little burns on your face and your hands. I mean, yeah, this is not a great place for them. Um and I did but not he, remember this particular thing because when he says uh, time for a swimming lesson, I thought it was they couldn't swim. I had totally forgotten the fact that the seawater, the you know, the salt water was like acid to them. So they're like apes in Planet of the Ape. Apes. Or they're the uh, the aliens in the M. Night Shyamalan film. That don't like water? Well, yes. Because that, that water burns. Well, water burns them. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, yes. come to a planet that's 70% water. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But he tells Kipling to uh, deal with the cops. Yeah, the two cops. And the way that this is done is actually kind of cool, where Kipling and Harcourt are standing on the beach, and the surf kind of comes up, and Kipling backs away. Yes. And hardcore just kind of stands his ground and the water never quite gets up to where they are. It gets up probably within like four or five inches. And 
it just shows that hardcore is much more of a man to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. But now yes. we're at a newcomer strip club. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a strip club because it's. She's slowly it's taking off that, you know, paper roll. Yeah. But she <laughs> never gets naked on stage. Correct. She's, yes. just a, she's a performer. Right. They're looking for straighter. George is drooling. Yeah. And uh, a woman comes up to him and. I don't know what she says to him, but Sykes says that he wants to talk to Strader. And the the stripper on stage apparently is, well, I suppose she's not a stripper. The, she's the performer. The performer. That's his, that's his girlfriend. Yes. Right. And uh, George is, George is getting all horned out. He's all worked up. Yeah. Stop playing with your bottle caps. Sorry. <laughs> but they go to talk to her. He introduces himself as Sykes. She laughs and says, shithead. And they go into her dressing room, and she's changing, and oh, he gets so close. She's nipping out a bit when she's still dressed, but yes, yeah. but we get so close to seeing some side boob with nipple, but nope, not going to happen. And they, she doesn't have, they don't have the liver spots just on their head; it goes all the way down their back. Yeah, and I totally forgot, um, but it's a big. <laughs> but uh, a big one. We saw your boobs. We oh, saw your yeah. boobs. No boobs. Yeah, I don't think there are any because I think this is the only female oh. character. And the only thing she had listed in Celebrity Movie Archive was actually this film. Which no, she's, not... she's also she's also in Spaceballs. No, that's in IMDb. She doesn't almost get naked in, I said, um, oh. Celebrity Movie oh, Archive. okay. All right, okay. But you're right. They have a, a speckled spine. And this is, I wonder if these were the... Uh, the models or the I- idea for what became the trills in Star Trek. Because mm. awesome. it is very, very similar. And uh, George goes out to the car and... Well, no, she's, she doesn't know where Strader is. He's, Sykes gives him the kind of the eye shuffle like you did to me. In Germany? <laughs> yes, or you did to the Australian chick like you did the eye. And then that's when George is like... I will go out to the car and meet you there. And then winks at Sykes like, I did a good job, didn't I? <laughs> very, very subtle. Very subtle. Yes. She asks if he's ever banged one. And he's like, no, she's turned on. I don't know if she's turned on or if she's just trying to seduce him to fuck with him. I think she's trying to fuck with him. Because she takes his hand and puts it on her tit and then unzips his pants. And she's stroking his cock, isn't she? Uh, that was my question because – uh, she actually asks if he's ever fucked an alien. He says a yes. virgin. It's not high in his list, and it's not high in his list because he's a bigot, which I thought yeah. was kind of funny. And she says he's afraid, and that's why she says that you know he his body might his body is reacting. So that's why I'm thinking, did, does she grab his cock? I'm saying yeah, at least over the pants. Maybe not you know a full on no, handy, but you can hear. Oh, is there a zip? She, oh yeah, yeah. And then he stops her, and what does he do? Uh, he shakes his he put, head? He puts in a skull bandit. Oh, does he really? <laughs> yes. You didn't see no, that? No, I did not see that. I'm like, and I'm thinking, I'm like, you don't see that every day in a movie. You don't, you don't see bandits in a movie. No, I, I, I'm trying to think of, I mean, it's very rare you see Chew, but when you do, it's usually like a red man or... Right. Uh, what's the other one? What's the other, like, big... Like the chaw, not the Red chew. Red man the chaw. and beech nut. Yeah, beech nut. Yeah, would be the other one. 
Yeah, I think in Under Fire with Denzel Washington and, and Meg Ryan, where he's trying to justify her getting the Medal of Honor, I think he dips in that. Denzel Washington does. Okay, okay. But um, as Sykes is walking out, he's shaking his head. He says, George, you handle the women from now on. He Right, right. And then George is talking to his wife on the phone, and he says nice things about Sykes. I don't even know what that is. Um, But why is – Go ahead. Why is the I love you at the end of the conversation, why is that in English? Does that mean that they have no equivalent of saying I love you in English or, I mean, in their language? It's quite possible. Were they allowed to have mates? I, I don't know. I mean, as, on as the, slaves on the ship, I don't. As, know. I don't know. Yeah, I am. I don't know. Or are they just used to breed? They just okay. You go bang that one, so you can make more babies, so we have more slaves. I mean, if that's there were possible, slaves, that's, that's probably good, what it, that's what it a was. Heck, that, but that's a heck of a theory that they didn't have words for "I love you." Um, but he finds the milk, and it's he's like, "You mind." Yeah, it's, it's starting very, to pay off those Chekhov's guns. It's very chunky, and uh, he takes a big swig, and then he says this about Sykes's apartment. That hits the spot. She keeps you on a pretty short leash, does she, George? My wife. Mm-hmm. She worries about me. Yeah, I know the routine. You're almost quite disordered. I thought when I had walked in that you had been burglarized. I appreciate your honesty, George. You know, one of the things about this film that bothered me is James Caan is kind of in a weird age for this film. He's a little old. He's a little bit older than I think he should be for this role. He was not happy with the way that this film turned out. Is the, the IMDb notes is something about he gets asked about it in the interview and kind of gets doesn't exactly fly off the handle but gets very upset like why would you ask me about that it's I was not happy it's I was expecting something else and it, it, I felt like the movie was a piece of shit something like that but but they're, they're getting at, hammered yeah and they're looking they're at hammered. family pictures. Mm-hmm. And and what does uh, Sykes say to George as he hands him his wallet with the picture of his family? As Sykes hands George, George the wallet? Yeah. That he tells of the wedding and he won't be taking the day off? No, he says, ignore that bitch on the left. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. But uh, Sykes' daughter is 20 and mm-hmm. they talk about the wedding and Sykes says that he doesn't think he's going to go. And the and his rationale is she does not need her burnout father there. Is he a burnout though? I mean, no, he's, he might drink, but he's not, you know, a fall down drunk. He's still at worst a functional alcoholic, but I wouldn't even say from what we've seen, he's even an alcoholic. He's just somebody that drinks. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just, I think he's just kind of, you know, down in the dumps. He's doesn't take care of himself, but, but George, George shows, a picture of his family, right, and informs Sykes that they named their son Richard after Richard Nixon. <laughs> and Sykes, like, hey George, uh, I wouldn't tell people that, right. And and this goes back to is is there really that much of a shortage of 
and did they name them or did the people at the Ellis Island equivalent in LA name them? Yeah. Who knows? But later they're hammered and Sykes is telling a joke and uh, George doesn't quite get it. See, if the guy has, the doctor has a thermometer in his hand, where, where does the pen then? Where? In the other man's rectum. Yeah, it's sticking up his ass! <laughs> Correct. Yeah, but that's, see, that's what makes a joke. I mean, there's a surprise, you know, your mind film fills in all these little funny pictures and everything. And uh, see, there's a guy sitting with a pen up his ass and... Uh, <laughs> Come on. Who hasn't had a pen up their ass? <laughs> Sometimes business conferences get boring. That's right. There you go. You got to dig around in there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, George is uh, sniffing a tin of sardines, I think. I, that's what I've got. It's sardines. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he brings up something actually that's, that, that's kind of deep here. There is so much our two peoples do not understand about each other. Oh, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, you only come from another goddamn planet. <laughs> you humans are very curious to us. You invite us to live among you in an atmosphere of equality that we've never known before. You give us ownership of our own lives for the first time, and you ask no more of us than you do of yourselves. I hope you understand how special your world is. How unique a people you humans are. Which is why it is all the more painful and confusing to us that so few of you seem capable of living up to the ideals you set for yourselves. Don't count on me, George. I never had any ideals. <laughs> you're all right, Georgie. You're all right. You know, that, in case you, you couldn't see the, the overarching theme of what they're going for, they kind of laid it out right there. Mm-hmm. And... I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil it. But um George is gonna leave. And yeah, and what does Sykes say to him? You you better drive because you're too screwed up to walk. And that proves to be true because as soon as George walks out the door, we hear him fall down. <laughs> yeah. But the next day the, the next day, right. There's a car and a wrecker pulls up behind it and a guy comes and he sits in the front seat and he's Doing something with some tools. Looks like he's planting the bomb. And George was passed out in the back seat. Right. And wakes up and comes to, and there's a slight scuffle. But uh, the guy leaves. Yeah, George tries to pull his record. gun. Yes, he can't. He's having his, he's struggling pulling his gun out of the holster. He's, he's fucking hungover. But he knocks on the door of Sykes' house. Sykes answers. And he just hands him the bomb. Here you go. And what is George's big fear at this point? That his wife is going to divorce him. Right. And Sykes goes, well, don't you guys mate for life? He says, she's very progressive. But uh, they go to the the cop shop and the front desk has messages for them. And they find out that Strader is dead. And uh, George has a message as well, which we don't know what it is yet. But where are they headed to? To the beach. Let's go surfing now. Everybody's surfing now. Um, and they're pulling up, and George is starting to sweat. He's like, I must get out of here. Please stop the car. And Sykes is not. He's like, hey, man, you're going to be okay. And he really starts to panic. And then he finally pulls over, relents, lets George out on top of the hill. Let's get the fuck but, out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, 
Sykes goes down. The two other detectives that were working on his partner's case are there. Uh, the only way that they knew it was straighter is because his clothes were holding the blob of cells together and they found his wallet. Right. And then one of the, one of the detectives is like, Hey, look at your dildo partner. He's afraid <laughs> to come down here to the sand. He, and Sykes goes, give him a break. How would you feel if you were standing next to a giant pool of hydrochloric acid? Yeah, exactly. And the, the two detectives that he's talking to, they think that, uh, Strader's death is, is gang related. And Sykes is pissed about this. He's like, no, you're completely wrong. But not only are, and I don't know how they possibly could have done this in this short period of time, but between the time that Sykes got down there, walked out to talk to the detectives, walked back to his car, somebody has vandalized his car, which is those two detectives. And what have they done? They painted ETPD on the door. And the, the two cops continue to just go off about George and Sykes smashes one of the guys' face into the steering wheel. And then he does something that is much, much worse than smashing his face into the steering wheel. Takes the keys out and chucks them into the ocean. But don't you think they would have those? You know, those would be, there would be those keys that they'd have multiple sets of them. I don't know. Man. Because this is before know. they had like the, the keys now where you have the, the you know the electronic thing where it costs you $150 to get a new key then the it was fob. like yeah before you could just go and it's you know buck 50 to get a new key go to ace hardware go to, yeah i was just going to say ace hardware yes so yeah uh, when my brother got married um i went to ace hardware and and said hey do you have any keys that you guys messed up on and they gave me a whole pile of keys and then during the reception when everybody's giving all their speeches and everything i went around and handed keys to all different like 25 women and gave my grandma a pair of handcuffs mm-hmm. and, I'm, and and then i got up there i'm like okay if anybody has anything that belongs to mike come on up and they all came up and dropped the keys off and then my grandma was holding the handcuffs over her head nice <laughs> did you step actually grandma. really do that S- step grandma yes i did i did do that because that's, that's one of those things that, you know, it's actually in one of the books I wrote where a guy, the best man does that kind of thing. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. Okay. No, it was some, I think my sister gave me that idea. It's, it's been done, but, um, sure. Uh, but Sykes picks up George and George asks what the whole kerfluffle was about. Is it, is it kerfuffle or kerfluffle? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but nothing. And now they're at the morgue and they're still working on Strader's autopsy. But the alien coroner is not there, but he left a note for George. It's a report with a blood test. What tests? I mean, blood tests, but did it find anything? Well, know. George George looks very, very worried. And then I think you've got a, a, a clip or a series of clips going on here. Yeah, so George is hiding something, and Sykes runs after him, and then Sykes is all up in George's face. Hey. Don't give me that nothing shit, all right? It wasn't nothing yesterday when you asked that what's-his-name, uh, better, better, whatever, to, to run that goddamn test and look like it was about to shit peach pits. And it's not nothing now. Don't lie to me, George. You're real bad at it. You must leave me alone on this. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Pally. I don't leave you alone, see? You're my partner, and I don't work that way. Huh? All right? Well... No, secrets, goddammit. That slag up there, he was on something. I mean, it wasn't sour milk. Am I right? Huh? Am I right, George? Tommy! 
shit! You tell me, you tell me right now. Now! The drug is called Jabroka. It is a potent narcotic. How potent? More potent than any human drug you can imagine. The controllers regulated it. We would receive small amounts as a reward for our labor in the mines. You? I mean, you were on a shit? You? Yes. We all were. We were genetically engineered as slave laborers. It was our only means of pleasure allowed. The harder you worked, the more you got. The more you got, the harder you worked. Thousands of my people died. I lost my best friend. It is a nightmare. I will not let it happen again. Why, why wouldn't you just tell me something? Why? Your people do not know about this part of our past, and they cannot know. It would threaten our entire existence here. How did this guy get it? I don't know how he got it. Well, was it on the ship? Yeah, I I know that clip was long, but it 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 dumped a bunch of mm-hmm. that was like a huge exposition dump. And as I'm listening to this clip, I'm thinking if I was watching this movie in a vacuum, like I had just turned on cable, I was on vacation, you know, and we came in for the from the beach for the day, and I turned on USA, and this movie is on, and I'm watching this film, and I'm hearing George give this speech it would have bothered the fuck out of me who is this guy i know that voice that voice is so familiar did you watch homeland no i i didn't but i i still like i i don't know from what but mandy patenkin's voice is unique enough just like terrence stamp terrence stamp there's a few times where the terrence stampness of him comes out in his face but most of the time other than the voice i would not have been able to tell it was him Okay. But um it is it, George's whole thing is it's it's an interesting kind of split because he is very much a by the book guy, but at the same time he's so concerned about what this drug this jabluka or whatever could That's do what it's called. to his yeah. his people. But Well, and yeah, and like he said, he said your people can't find out about this. Well, and well, we find out at the very end why that's actually true. Yes. Uh, But they're at a computer and they're looking up Hubley and he passed up a, they're talking, they're not at the computer themselves. They're talking to, I don't know, like a jobs lady. The lady that, that works the, I don't know, what, what would you call that? She's the database lady. The job bitch? I don't know. Uh, Yeah. But he, Sykes is like, they, these three guys, they have nothing in common. Um, and then a light bulb goes off in his head and, oh, they were in quarantine. And there were four people to a room in quarantine. Who was the fourth guy that they were in quarantine with? It was, was it? yeah, it was uh, hardcore. But they, they talk about they had production, they had distribution. So, I mean, it was all kind of covered. And yeah. Porter, Porter made it. Um, and he was the, the, the shop owner. Hubley provided the manufacturing and Strader was the distribution at his club. Right. So now they're going to the factory and George says they must destroy the drugs. And Sykes is saying, hey, man, 
That's our evidence. Yes. That's our case. Yes. And he breaks it. George goes in there and well, first of all, it's he, he if he sees it, he's going to break it all. And then they they run into the guy who was at the refinery that Sykes met with before and right. George lifts him up by the throat. Yes. He's and like, I will crush your lungs. And Sykes is like, hey, man, sorry. It, it's, I have no control over him. But I, there is uh, – and this is a huge cliche. It is just a device that has appeared in so many things. The red little beamy things. You know what red I'm talking beamy, about? The red beamy things. If you look at this scene, in this scene, there is this device that is about – and hold my hands out. It's about three feet wide. And it has this okay. red beam that just kind of flashes back and forth between two poles. It's in this okay. scene. It's in Airplane 2. It's in Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. It is in countless movies. And all it is is it's a red light that bounces between two, like, poles. All right. All right. But, uh, yeah, the guy, the refinery manager tells George that they took the remaining drugs to the refinery or to what, what, the you're missing the whole that George just fucks everything. Well, up. he fucks everything up, and then that's when he grabs the the refinery manager by the throat and says, "Where did they take the drugs?" He breaks all the manufacturing stuff, all the glass tubes and stuff. Right, and and I actually have a clip here where where George says, "Where are the drugs?" This is a consular ship. We're on a diplomatic mission. If this is a consular ship, where is the ambassador? Because, yes, he lifts him off his feet and it's really hurting him. <laughs> so Yes, yes. All right, I think I, we need to go to the lobby, don't we? Okay, that, that sounds good for me. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. We're back. But We're um, back. George lifts the plant manager off his feet. That's why I did the Vader thing. He's really yes. hurting him. And he just tells Sykes, stay out of this. Yeah. Tell so George goes and yeah. get, goes and grabs the car, takes off without Sykes. Sykes comes up to a guy who's just sitting in his truck, like some poor migrant worker or something. He's like, hey, you, you, come on, get out of there. I want to see you walk this line. Yeah. And then steals his truck. No. Okay. Question for you. If a cop comes up to you and says, hey, I'm a cop. I need your car. Do you have to give it to him? No. No, you don't. And if they fuck your car up, he, you get absolutely nothing for it. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I, Lots of things. It's like, well, why did you give it to him? It's like, well, he said he was a cop. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's like that, that's really kind of shitty. Yeah. But um, find out that uh, they... Sorry, just trying to catch up here in my notes. Um, so we're at the Encounters Club, mm-hmm. and Harcourt and Kipling are carrying a suitcase into the club. And this is also a very movie tropey thing where when they have the drugs, they're in some kind of like designer case with like yes. special like vials that they go in. You know, when I bought weed, it was. In a Ziploc bag. And it probably right. wasn't even Ziploc because my dealers were cheap. They were probably... Like know. the folding sandwich bag? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But uh, he's showing the drugs. One guy, a human, tastes it. And he's like, it tastes just like laundry detergent. And George comes in then at that point, And he's got the bomb that was 
going to be planted in his car. And Harcourt makes the statement that these aren't really drugs. This could be grape jelly. Um, yeah, drug itself is not illegal, which that was actually a question I had beforehand is had the legal system caught up to it? Did they have a special thing that to deal with these newcomer things, which they apparently do not? Yeah, but it's I mean, like any newcomer kid could walk. Do they have can they not sell milk to little kids or a kid under 18 years old? Well, you look at um before marijuana started becoming legal different places there were not genetically engineered but there were things that were basically genetic offshoots of weed but they were not technically weed anymore that were legal is that like the bath salts no not bath the, i mean that's something different but it was uh, bath salt uh, you could buy you could buy salvia salvia there there you go yeah Something like that, where it's it's basically the same thing, but it is just chemically altered somewhat, so it's no longer in that no, same sal- thing. No, salvia is salvia. You smoke it, but I think it only lasts for like five minutes. It's like um, I was listening to Joe Rogan talk about DMT. <laughs> well, Joe Rogan would be the person to listen to if you wanted to know about this kind of stuff. So Yeah, yeah, that it's, it's something it's that only lasts for a short period of time, but... Um, but, but then George says, well, it's not for the drugs. The charge is for murder. And he lists the, the murder three and guys. Con- conspiracy to commit murder. Yes. He lists the three guys naming Strader's name and the stripper chick, Cassandra, freaks out. Just like a woman. <laughs> Fucks everything up. Oh, damn it. That's, see, see, that was in my notes. My next line was bomb gets diffused because she reacted dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay. Well. But what, what? How is George holding the the bomb? It's, he's got a. De- it's a dead man switch. Yeah, exactly. That's what it says in my notes. It's a dead man switch. But here's the thing: I don't understand. Is after Cassandra goes all Cassandra, shit goes sideways, and something gets pulled off of the bomb. Right. What was well, that? The, I don't know. Just a, a wire, because the guy that pulls the wires off the bomb is the same guy that was going to plant the bomb. So he obviously okay. He, he knows, knows what. It, okay, that yes, makes sense. He knows. He knows what's what. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm correct. Uh, but this is like Harcourt says to the guys, "Kill them, kill them both," and then does a very Bond villain thing and leaves, okay. expecting his henchmen to follow through. So I almost pulled a clip for this, and it wasn't a Bond clip, but it was a kill them. Kill them both. Can you tell me what that's oh, from? Fuck. No. Raiders. Okay. When Tote says that in Marion's Bar. Yes. Where uh, Indy and one of the henchmen are kind of like uh, yes. together. At a, death, and then, at a death struggle. Yes. Yes. But uh, <laughs> uh, see, uh, Sykes comes in with his super gun and he Saves fires them and he, he blows a guy and he flies out of the room after he's been yeah. shot. Right. And I thought George got shot here, but apparently not. I Somebody got shot. I thought it was George, but apparently not because it doesn't ever come up again. No, no. But there's a cop that's outside that's calling in that there were shots fired. Kipling kills him and mm-hmm. steals his him and Harcourt get into the cop car. Uh, and then Sykes does the nerve plexus thing 
with another newcomer. Hey, it works. Uh, but now they're doing, they're basically, it's a car chase and the cars are side by side. Is it George? George is driving, right? No, it's, um, no, Sykes is driving. Oh, it, Sykes is driving, and he puts his gun right in front of George's face. Yeah. And, and George's like, hey, get that gun out of my face. This, of all the things in this film, the, the thing I can criticize most about this film is this car chase sucks. This is yes, not a I good car car chase. And the funny thing is, as they, they run out of the club, and George's like, get the car. And he's like, hey, man, you have the keys. Yeah. But um Hardcore has Kipling hit the cherries on the cop car that they stole. It, so they can drive through traffic, I'm assuming, but it also kind of gives the the people that are chasing them a oh, a moving target. Right. But uh Sykes and George get even with Hardcore and Kipling, and that's when Sykes pulls the gun and George is like, get that out of my face. And they almost run into a divider and now they're below Hardcore and Kipling. And this is where it says in my notes it's a kind of a poor car chase and they get stopped for a minute and they get going again, but they catch up immediately. But it, they very purposely show what highway they are on. Wh- what highway do they get onto? Are you talking about a famous highway in L.A.? Well, it's the Harbor Freeway. So that shows us that they're going basically. Oh, the sign. Yes. Yeah. The Harbor Freeway. Okay. Yes. And basically the, the Harcourt's police car comes to a dead end. Mm-hmm. So they got to turn around. Yeah, flip a bitch. Gonna, yeah. Then they're going to play chicken. Yeah, they're going to play chicken, and then it's... Holy shit, we're head to head. I can't believe we're doing this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and they hit head to head. Yeah. Well, it is a... Well, they play chicken, and... Oh, he's going to flinch. Nobody flinches. <laughs> right. So they have a head-on collision, and everybody's hurt, except Hardcore doesn't really seem no that hurt. And no. he walks George away. Is, yeah, George is knocked out. Um, and Sykes, but, but pulls, Sykes him out. pulls him out, right? Yeah, Sykes right, pulls George out of Kipling. the car and he says, you are right, anything broken? And then Sykes goes after Harcourt. And Kipling is kind of coming to just as the car blows up. <laughs> yeah, not and a very good cop car. Little little pieces of Kipling are everywhere. And. <laughs> And my question, what kind of place is this? I know it's on the docks, but what is it? Is this a, like, a shanty town? Is this a... I don't know. It looks almost like it's a drawbridge or, I don't know, maybe they're cranes for the harbor. We can't I, I, see because... Yeah, I couldn't dark. really place where it's supposed to be, but Harcourt gets to the end and he drops the, the briefcase and Sykes says, you know, put him up. And put him up. Harcourt yeah. cracks one of the drug He's tubes. Got and, and And it's not... Like one of those small little crack tubes. This is a uh, refrigerator. 12 inches, 12 inches. Yeah, 12 inches long and two inches across, just the way you like it. Well, it's it's a refrigerator water filter size is what it is. <laughs> right. And he, he yes. looks like a Smurf smurfed in his mouth, basically. Mm-hmm. And Harcourt falls to the ground and starts convulsing. And Sykes goes over with his gun drawn and then... We there, think he's dead, yep. but, and there's a, there's a jump scare, and then it stops. And Harcourt's not dead. It, you you do the pause, and then it's well, like we okay, don't, we there's don't, enough time. We, we left. don't know. Yeah, he can't be over yeah. yet. Right, but, but uh, they go back. All the co- the cops are all there. 
Uh, don't you have a clip here about a joke? Well, George and Sykes are standing around as the other cops are working the scene, and Sykes is smoking a heater. Just, I just remembered a, a joke that my son told me. Yeah. So, I, I, I better not tell it now. I, 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 I never, I don't tell jokes well. <laughs> Probably, yeah, but they're going to tell something. If I if I if I begin to tell it and you know the joke, please say that. Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> I know it. I know. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a funny joke. Humor. It is a difficult concept. It is not logical. Yep. The the reaction that. James Conn's character Sykes gives there, it, it almost feels like they didn't tell him what he was going to say because the the whole kind of choking on it. Yeah. It, it, that felt very real to me. It did. It did. But then George says to Sykes, I bet you'll, you'll probably be requesting a new partner. And wait, wait, George- wait. Just before he says that though, the, the corner van with hardcore's body drives away. That's important. Okay. And right. then, then he says, uh, suppose you'll request uh, reassignment. And Sykes says, well, it's for your own good. You should be with somebody who's more by the book. And then a black and white pulls up and says, hey, need bullets? Um. <laughs> <laughs> he says, need a statement on the shooting. And Sykes says, well, I didn't have to shoot him. He OD'd. And George does the... Uh, what? 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 <laughs> Chris Griffin from, the, from Family Guy. What? Is that Chris or does that? I think Stewie no, does that too. No, that's Chris. Point. And even something, something dark side when he, Darth Vader tells him he's his father. Okay. What? Yeah. But, uh, Harcourt wakes up in the meat wagon and Fist he fucks comes, those two cops. Yeah. Well, Fist comes through the window and snaps the driver's neck. <laughs> yeah. And then. And this is, this is no longer Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp said, I- I'm not. Putting that much makeup on, I'm done. Well, it's a so much bigger guy than Karen Stamp is, is. So it's yeah. probably uh, yeah. oh god, what's what's the guy's name? What's the guy that yeah. played Jason? That was really really famous. Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno played Jason, the oh, incredible Jason. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but um, they find the van and the cops. The cops have been gutted. It looks like. Yeah, and the one cop is he. He says he's calling for backup, and George says no. And the three of them, there's, there's George on one side, there's the, the, the black and white with the one cop in the middle, and then there is Sykes on the other side. So the, the cop driving the black and white should have been wearing a red shirt at this point. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because I mean, you gotta, yeah, this motherfucker's dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they, they run into several dead people and then, George starts to walk away, and Sykes stops him. What? What? What is this? It's Harcourt. He's dead. No, he's not. Not if he overdosed on the drug. Massive amounts trigger a change. Your body functions seize up. You appear to be dead, but it is really a state of incubation. When you emerge, you are metamorphosized. We must not let him get away. What? What would happen? 
if humans see what we are capable of becoming. And just like one of Doug's clips, it does not have an end to that statement. If humans were to see what we could become, and he never finishes that thought. It just well, like, come on. Mm-hmm. well, you kind of have to just make the assumption that, yeah, it's it would not bode well for us. So. But, uh, see, uh, the, the cop sees something. The cop driving the car. So, he go, Mr. Red he goes Shirt. Rogue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he goes rogue, and he gets fucked up. But when they get to the car, George grabs a shotgun from the car. And now they go into a warehouse, and they've split up. And there's a jump scare, and that actually made me jump. That This jump scare actually got me. <laughs> well, that's what they're there for. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, it's it's the big the the mutated form of Harcourt is is basically attacking Sykes. Uh, he gets shot a couple of times, and I think is this where Sykes he gets his arm broken? Well, okay, so there's a couple things here. First of all, it's important to note that Sykes has the was it a four fifty four? Yeah, he's got this this gun that the shells are so big it only can hold five rounds. Right, and he unloads all of them into what I call new Harcourt and uh, he's different, but not that different. And all the shots that go into him and he's hitting pretty much center mass, mm-hmm. no effect. And Harcourt breaks his hand. It's his hand. That it's his hand. Yeah. And then Sykes falls down some stairs and then uh, he runs for a boat and jumps onto it. And then Harcourt also does that, which is like, not not a not a good move. Not a good move well, for him. But we don't know if this makes you into a zombie or if it just if you still have your all your faculties together and you're super newcomer now. Okay, that that that's fair. That's fair. But uh George flags down a chopper, a police chopper, and gets in. And the captain of the boat tells Sykes and Hardcore, Hey man, get the fuck off my boat. Get off my boat. It's my boat. Um, but Sykes goes into like a little lifeboat that's being trailed behind the main boat. It's, Har- it's, again, it's not so little though. It's pretty big. Again, Harcourt follows him. And then it's Sykes actually tack- in my notes, it says it's behind Forrest's boat. Yes. There you go. And then Sykes tackles him into the water. Right. So, and yeah, he runs at him and the two of them go into the water. And then George says to take the chopper down and Harcourt, as you'd expect for somebody that is a newcomer, is burning up in the ocean, but Sykes is struggling in the water. And is this because of the fact that he's wrestling with hardcore or can he not swim either? He's just tired. It's like my hand is broke. Tired. I don't really swim very swim well. I just, just want to go yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> but George is on the skid. Man, the spray from the helicopter. Oh yeah. That, 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 that is the problem I had with this scene is them being that close. He would just be getting like, Absolutely hammered with like, yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) But he asks to borrow the pilot's scarf. Yes, because the scarf is going to block water. That is going to cause that's that's going to solve all of his problems, right? But uh, Hardcore emerges and takes Sykes down with him, and then Sykes comes up again, and then on the skids, uh, George. Who would be reaches burning in. up? He reaches in the water, burning his hand, and he pulls Sykes out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. He would lose that hand. Yeah. And all that splashing around would have fucked George up, but 
As they get into the helicopter, Sykes crawls over George, which would fuck George up even more. <laughs> right. And and the the pilot actually asks uh, George this. What? What? What is this? Sorry, no. Sorry, this. What the hell was that down there? Looked really weird. What do you mean weird? Looked like every other slag to me, just plain ugly. Hey, look at this. And when he says, look at this, he's motioning to George. And uh, the next day, I think it's actually the next day. Um, Is it the next day or two days later? It, I don't it's know. within a day or two. Right. They are at but. Sykes' daughter's wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, George is helping Sykes with his bow tie, which considering the fact that George only has one hand now. <laughs> right. It's a little weird. But Sykes apologizes to George for all the stupid shit he's going to say to him in the upcoming years, basically saying, hey, we're, we're partners now. We're partners. We're sticking together. And walk down the aisle. No freeze frame. No. The movie's over. Your movie, your week. Go ahead. It wasn't high art, but I liked it. I mean, it has it has its issues. It's the same issues that I thought about as a kid. Um it wanted me wanting more. It wanted me like wish that there was a sequel, but we did get the TV series. Okay. I was entertained. Um, I will probably never watch this movie again because I think I've gotten everything out of it that I could possibly get. Yeah, when you and, do that that deep dive when you're taking notes on it, kind of does take it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, but I would I would recommend it and. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was it was an enjoyable watch. It, again, it was. I mean, it's super tropey as of as the buddy cop movie with a sci fi element added in that I wanted more information. So, that's about it. Okay, I liked it a lot. Okay, I really did. I thought that, um, it one of the things about uh, Picard I hated was the fact that they they feel they have to absolutely beat you over the head with something to get you to understand a message. Mm -hmm. Um, And don't get me wrong. This movie was not subtle about the message that was there, but I I still thought it was good and I enjoyed it. And I thought that it was, you know, it was a short movie. It was, you know, a a buck 30 and there still was a character arc there and it was believable. I I really enjoyed this way, way more than I thought I would. Yeah. Same here. I didn't think I I was when I saw the Rotten Tomato scores, I was like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> but uh, so. This may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. So close. Yeah. So Very close. close. Uh, so uh, I guess the last thing. And now it's time for Jen's two-second movie review. Didn't watch it. That was Jen's two-second movie review. I actually told her that she missed out. She she should have watched this one. She definitely yeah. should have watched this one. All right. So, uh, All right. Any, any last thoughts? Nope. Ja. Watch ya. Watch ya. Watch ya. Watch ya. All right. She-Hulk. It's a comedy, and they're only like half-hour episodes. Um and it's okay. It's it's something that I have on my iPad while I'm doing all my data entry and paperwork for, for my job. Okay. So I don't sit there and watch it intently. 
Uh, I watched uh, Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg in Me Time on Netflix. Still couldn't remember <laughs> his name. It was. I mean, there's parts of it that are funny, and there's parts of it that are stupid. Uncommon Valor with with my boy. Okay, um, what do you think? He liked it. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of questions. He didn't understand. Oh, so, so, what did he think happened at the end? At the end, what do you mean? What happened at the end of Uncommon Valor? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a different movie. Never mind. What movie were you thinking? Uh, the one that we did in the Bayou. Oh, Southern Comfort. Yeah, I wouldn't watch that with him. I punji steaks a little too much. <laughs> well, just it was just not good. It was just, I mean, just he wouldn't be entertained by that. This Uncommon Valor. The, the 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 cringy scene where they're like in the like the outdoor showers and they're they're playing their M16s as guitars to Sunshine of My Love. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, this is kind of cringy. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's a little cringy. House of the Dragon, and then I watched uh, this movie with Gregory Peck and um, Norman Fell. Night moves. Uh, um, Walter Matthau. There's a there's a whole there's a whole cattle call of guys in it called Pork Chop Hill. It's a black and white Korean war movie. It okay. was, it, it's on Amazon. I saw it. I'm like, ooh, I haven't seen this in ages, and I don't even think I even, if I saw the whole thing. It's like 1957. It's good, man. It's for a 1957 combat movie. It's pretty realistic. Okay. Wow, he's that old. Gregory Peck? Oh, I'm thinking of Gregory Hines. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> That's why I said uh, Night Moves. Night, night Moves or what's the other one with uh, Mikhail Baryshkinikov? That's Night no. Moves, isn't it? Where they're both ballet dancers? Yeah, it's Night Moves, isn't is it? Is it Mikhail Baryshnikov? Yeah, Mikhail. Is that the dancer? Yeah, I think so. I think That's so. Not a That's not a, a premiere of, of Soviet Russia? <laughs> yeah. It's not. Both those guys, I think, are dead. Gregor Hines is dead. Is he really? Yeah. Well, I don't. I never know. So, okay. um, so that's it. That's it. Okay. So, um, I'll walk through this kind of logically. Uh, House of the Dragon. <sighs> it's got to get better, right? Um. So there was this controversy where some HBO exec was at some like uh, industry event. And he said something about uh, the really shitty actress that was in uh, Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark. Okay. He said, well, when I first saw Game of Thrones, I'm like, who is this really plain actress? And it's, okay, um, she can't act, but she's less plain than like your main female <laughs> actress in the right. current film or in the and current you series. Also, you also had Dinklage and the two, you know, Lannisters that were fucking each other and you also had Ned and you had Robert. I mean, you had a bunch of charismatic characters that made you want to watch more. It, it feels like think, everything's prelude so far. It's like, where is this going? Yeah. And we're from the, the first episode to through the second episode and going into the third episode, we are multiple years into this series. Right. From a timeline. Ain't shit happened yet. No. And I think when Game of Thrones first came out, it was so groundbreaking. Nobody had ever seen anything like it before. It was so shocking. And now when shocking things happen, it's just kind of like, eh, okay. Well, it is, it's Game of Thrones, I guess. You know, it's nothing. It's not special. 
anymore. If you if you kind of understand my gist. Yeah. No, I, I get it. It's like it, it's hard because it, it's trying to compete with itself in a way. Right. Uh, City on a Hill, great show. Um, Big Brother, so close to just checking out of that series forever. Um, Industry, which is a really, really good show, but I don't know where the fuck it's going to go. And then on HBO Max, I found something I didn't even realize had come back. It, it's, it was like a Christmas present I got in September. Okay. Harley Quinn season three came out. I did oh. not even know about that. All right. So I've watched about half of the episodes of the new season of Harley Quinn. Very, very enjoyable. I love Bane. He's not in it enough, but he's great. Okay. And uh, that's about it. All right. So ready for... I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. Free to greet the next week's movie, and I think I like it. All right, so it, it'll be interesting to see if you accept this movie or not. All right. So uh, Brian Thompson plays Trent Porter in this week's movie. He plays second thug in 1989's Three Fugitives. Mike McDonald plays sergeant in that film. McDonald plays Principal Arsenal in next week's 1985 comedy sequel. Is this the Screwballs too? Sure, why not? It is, uh, I think, 77 minutes long. Okay. <laughs> and that includes uh, two music videos, a montage, <laughs> and other stuff. It is quite possibly the thinnest film we've ever done. All right, why not? But I've watched it twice. Jen watched it, so. <laughs> okay. It's a quick watch. Screwballs 2. All right. Loose Screws. Okay. Which, and, and the weird thing is, so it is a sequel. It has two actors that portray, finger quotes, the same characters as they did in the first one, except their names are different. And it has multiple other actors that are in both that play different characters. Okay. Am I going to have to watch the first one to understand the second one? No, you will not. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of plot there. All right. It's basically, how can we figure out different scenarios to get women naked. All right. This, I like that. This could have been um, my season of Bush. <laughs> okay. Because season looking at Bush. my films, half of them fall into that. All right. Excellent. So go ahead and bring us on. All right. Hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, email us, betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. Haven't got an email in a long time. That's fine. That's the way it goes. Uh, go to Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Comment on everything that Matt posts. Um, yeah, that used to be we 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 switched that off. At some point, it just became me for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I'll, you know what? Once I get slow again, I'll pick it up. I'll do it for you. Okay, there you go. Wherever you get your fine podcasts, rate and review. Tell a friend and join us next week for Screwballs Two. Can you get it anywhere? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know where, but I, I, it's available somewhere. <laughs> it's available somewhere. All right. Yep. Maybe Amazon. You have to pay three ninety nine for it. Uh, well, it, it, it's well worth it. It is quite possibly the best film we've ever done. Okay. I can't wait. Um, any any guesses as to what the stinger for season eight is? As no. I said, it is a Doug thing. 
It is not a film-based thing. It is a Doug-based a thing. Doug thing. No, man, I don't. Is it, is it has something? Is it had with, with me talking about you with it coming in my mouth? Nope, 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 not at all. So we will see you next week for loose screws. Actually, any idea um, when you want to do this? No. Okay, great. We will see you when we see you for loose screws. Until then, screwballs. You mean screwballs to loose screws? Oh, okay. All right. Very good. All right. See you later. <laughs>